cigars all around Cheers, y'all Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine little radio program known internationally and across a couple of county lines as Smoking and Toastin'. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And welcome in to show number 165. Wow. What, what, what was that? You raised something up. Oh, oh, oh you were changing. Were you, oh, were you, I, I were you doing changing. disco colors? I was on trying the, to, but I apparently hit the wrong one. <laughs> Well, this is—it's nice to know that the you know the technical the sign. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to know that the technical quality of the show stays oh. consistent. You know, that's that's well, that's like a strobe there thing. There you go. Disco oh, I feel sign. like I'm in Las Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <clears throat> Welcome for, for all of you who can't see what's going on. We got a new smoking and toasting sign behind yeah, us. Yeah, and, and it's pretty. Fun. And Ian loves to play with the colors. I have a remote control. Yeah, stand and back. It's very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the show. This uh, program is brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, and by BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, BB Lemon on Washington Ave, and the Annie Cafe and Bar on Post Oak in. Houston, now open Post Oak Boulevard. Uh, we got to make a sojourn uh, in uh, to Annie, Annie Cafe and Bar. Oh yeah, we got to we got to go over there and do some do some challenge. I got to see what their variation on the bacon is. Yeah, that'd you be know? awesome because <laughs> there's got to be something good. It's got to be. We should well, make it a play date. Well, uh, Greg Duxakis is here with Plantation Rum. Welcome to the show, Greg. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, or Docs. We, you know, it, I found out everybody calls you Docs. Everybody calls so. me Docs. Yeah, well, so. uh, to my face. There's other things floating around there <laughs> yeah. in the Zuckerverse, but uh, we'll go with yeah. Docs for yeah. right now. <laughs> this is a special day. Anytime that I am on the show, it is a special day. Well, we feel that You're way. We, we do. We, we feel that way. We try awesome. to have you on as often as possible because when we can't get you, we're stuck with, like, you know, Chris Hart or Alan Nick Telementis. Or, or, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Ah, bourbon. Yeah, yeah that you know, so. Um, So uh, we are proud to announce uh, that it is Truck Month on uh, Smoking and Toasting. Wait, I got that wrong. You're the only one with a truck, so it can't really be. I have a truck, yes. You have a truck, so it can't really be Truck Month. Oh, I remember. It's Rum Month. Rum Uh, Month on Smoking and Toasting. We're going to be doing a lot of things with rum this week. but uh, And I know you brought great rums on the show before, but I think the beverage you brought to uh, show off today is actually not a rum at all, is it? Well, I brought you rum and I brought you cognac, of course. Oh, okay. okay. We, do, we do have so. some rums to look at, some special stuff that just landed in Texas. Oh, okay. But okay. at the heart of it, Maison Ferron is a cognac house. So yes. Where chapter one always starts with cognac. So I all did right. bring the 10 generations with us today. Well, you saw the bottle sitting on the yeah, Chateau gig at the show, beginning of the show. That's beautiful, isn't it? That's going to be a thing. I'm uh, very excited about it. So, uh, Well, welcome to the show. As you know, we'll uh, do a little beer tasting as well. We have some, I think, very interesting beers on the show today. Uh, we're going to start out with a brown ale. It's Bell's Brewing's Best Brown Ale. And Ian, do I understand you've uh, tried? I know you're a Bell's Brewery fan. Have you tried this before? You know, if if a bottle comes through and it says Bell's on it, I will always try it. They're such a good brewery. And yes, I have had the Best Brown Ale, and it's fantastic. And uh, so we'll we'll be tasting that and checking it out. And I'm sure you won't mind, you know, going back again. Well, to, no, to the brown no, ale. No. So I, I don't have to be surprised by this one, but I will tell you my experience as I drink it. 
Yeah. We've also uh, brought you from a brewery in Albuquerque, New Mexico, called Bow and Arrow Brewing. We've brought you the guest of honor, or we will be bringing you the guest of honor, Belgian-style pale ale. So I'm excited about this that because, uh, yeah, it, it does sound sounds interesting. Not exactly a, a Belgian, not exactly a pale ale, but somewhere in between the melding of the two styles, I guess. So fruity pale ale. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and then St. Arnold has a new release, and it's not just their Christmas ale, which is out and is wonderful. It's so good. And I'm sure we'll be talking more about that as we get a little closer to so Christmas good. time. Uh, but St. Arnold has just released the French Press. It's an imperial coffee porter, mm-hmm. uh, and I have not tasted this uh, yet. So I'm they very, had it out last year. Very, oh, did they really? Mm-hmm, they did, did I just miss that last year? Then mm-hmm. all right. So you've already tasted this one too. Is I haven't know. tasted it since last year. All right. Well, we'll we'll taste it now and uh, and see what that's like. So that plus uh, some rum and some cognac, and I think uh, we'll kick off run month in a uh, in in fine fashion. Uh, also on the program today. Uh, the FDA has extended the comment period for the cigar approval rule proposal. What does that mean? It sounds like a bunch of uh, legalese, but uh, we'll get to the bottom of that. And Ballast Point has been sold again, the Ballast Point uh, Brewery. But this time it's actually good news. So we'll tell you about that. It's nice to have a, a beer company sale that's actually good news instead of right. it's been it's been purchased by ABM Bell by the you know the evil empire All so your uh, beers are belong to us <laughs> that's right uh, so uh, meanwhile I've continued to watch the uh, Bud Light commercials on television and the king who were supposed to be you know following his lead on what beer to drink based on the commercials is just more and more of a dumbass with every new commercial like I don't know why. What 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 is it's, this trend? It's, it's for the many. But what's this trend in advertising where the spokesperson or the spokes character, if you will, is portrayed as a moron? Like why would we listen to what this person says about anything? If forget about AB InBev and 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 Bud Light and Bud Platinum. Have you watched CNN recently? <laughs> well, okay. <there's, laughs> that is not only a point, but a point well taken. So, uh, so we'll we'll stay with that. Um, and what else is going? We a lot of the year end and now decade end lists are coming out because, as you know, with the you know with the turning of the new year, we'll be into a new decade, and so not only will we be gathering up a whole bunch of the you know best beers of 2019 but best beers of the decade we have a, a whole lot of those things coming up to talk about as well and um i don't know if we'll get to this today but um we will be this will probably be <clears throat> in an upcoming show well, well we'll see how much time we have uh we have a list of the best expensive whiskeys for holiday gift giving as well as a list of the best bourbon under $25. That sounds like a good list, So, too. you know, we could juxtapose those things. It's actually amazing how much good bourbon you can get for under $25. Yes, absolutely. And what I'm thinking is that you can take this list of the best expensive whiskeys for holiday gift-giving and figure out what you want to give me for Christmas this year. Noted. And then I will take the list of the best bourbon for under $25 and figure out what I'm going to get you for Christmas this That's year. That's easy. Just buy me the whole list. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I think it'll work. It's like a so. smoking and smoking gift of the Magi. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so we have made it past. We didn't do a show last week. We made it past Thanksgiving and Black Friday, which I, 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 I can't even say that without it. Black Friday without it leaving a bad taste in my now, mouth. Now, uh, uh, Greg, which um, 
which Best Buy did you spend the night in the parking lot in on Bla- for Black Friday? Oh, for heaven's sakes! I, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I know I seem like a people person. I'm not. Yeah. Just, no, no good's gonna happen. You know, well, see, you know those awful one. videos you see like on 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 that well, on TV for the the bad things that happen at Black Friday. Yeah, I would be the star of the show. Yeah. So <laughs> I, just stay, I stay home. See, this this is my whole issue with Black Friday, and I've probably talked about this before, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself. But uh, you know. Going back, you know, I was in the radio business for a long time. We used to call the day after Thanksgiving Black Friday, and the reason you called it that is because no one with half a brain would actually go out shopping that day, because it was we called it Black Friday because it was a terrible day to be out in the crowds and the traffic and mm-hmm. all of that. If you waited a little while, you know, things would calm down a little bit. You could go get your holiday shopping done. Now. Every car company has a Black Friday sale this Black Friday. Like, yeah. like it's a like the it's a day to, using it. Like yeah. it's a day to be celebrated. Black Friday was never about like uh, it being a celebration. It was always about don't go out on Black Friday. <laughs> which, by the way, the name comes from the day the stock market crashed. Right. That was the original Black Friday, and somehow we've turned that into. You know, a time to buy a Chevy. I just don't. I I, I don't I understand. Just, I just find how much money are you saving that's worth staying the night in a parking lot? Well, uh, interestingly now, we're enough, in Texas and yeah. the weather's not bad. Yeah, you know, so it's and not you like enjoy cold you or enjoy snow camping or anything. But yeah, no, that's not me though. Like that that <laughs> I will camp at the drop of a hat, but not that one. Speaking of which, you camped at the Renaissance Festival. I did this week, didn't you? I did. That As a matter of fact, I camped with our good friend Alan Denny. Oh yeah, who nobody cares there. about. Yes, yes, uh, we had cigars. Yes. And um, at one point in time, we lost Alan to the drum circle around the bonfire. Alan doesn't play drums. He did. Oh, no. He did play drums. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. We were looking for him for a while, and when we finally found him, he was. <laughs> it was this great visual, like something you'd see in a movie. We were walking around. We happened to be by the campfire, and he comes swinging around because everyone's running around in a circle playing drums. And he comes swinging around, and he's like, hey, guys. We're like, we're going back to the camp. I'm staying here. Okay, we'll see you later. <laughs> then yeah. he then he goes like you guys left me. I was oh, like yeah. you wanted to play drums. Yeah, that's right. You were drumming. Um, <laughs> so I'm not a Renaissance uh, festival guy, but I know your wife loves it, and I know you enjoy going. My biggest question about the Ren Fair this year is: Were you successful in your yearly search? My quest. Your quest. For the cloak of inebriation? Yes. Oh, I found it Friday <laughs> okay. night. Okay, yeah. good. Good to know. But you know what happens? Here's the problem with the cloak of inebriation. It's a very slippery cloak. You can't hold on to it very right. long. So I found it Friday night, and then I I don't know if there's a leprechaun or somebody comes in my tent, hits me over the head, and takes it, because I always wake up with no cloak of inebriation and a headache. <laughs> like, every single time. I'm like, I found it. It was in my hands. It was in my grasp. And the, I was and wearing it, it. Well, it's it's a you know it's a very slippery thing. You so can, it's, it's, I, I think the cloak of inebriation is one of those magical items that you can only wear for a certain amount of time, and then it has to be passed on to the next person. It's a plus ten point, the first rule. Yeah, there is that. there is no truth, by the way, that 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 was going to be the follow up to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. That the fourth book was going to be the, uh, cloak the, of the quest for the cloak right? of inebriation. Yeah. No, yeah. no truth to that. At one, all. one cloak to rule them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, uh, so the, I did something. The part in that movie, uh, the part of Ian Barry in that movie, will be played by drunk Ian Barry. Drunk Ian Barry, good to know. <laughs> and, and then drunkenness, and then drunkenness bind them. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I did something very interesting today. I uh, stopped by uh, the uh, the cigar lounge did at. 
at uh, Sirius Cigars slash Casa de Monte Cristo. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, who did I find there? But Mr. Ian Barry. <sighs> that guy's crazy. And we sat and uh, enjoyed some cigars. And I have a feeling you may be uh, talking to me about what you smoked today. I did. I'm going to talk about a cigar that you smoked. Um, was it last week or a week before? It's a couple weeks ago. Because when I walked in, you were awesome. You were like, hey, I got you something. You handed me the Quesada Oktoberfest, the newest one. The newest one, 2019. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Kaiser Ludwig. Mm-hmm. So I walked in and I grabbed a couple cigars that I've been thinking about getting for a while anyway, and um, including, I think, the one that you uh, reviewed last week. Mm-hmm. And um, But I decided to smoke the uh, Quesada. Now, I have... I have to add a little little bit of a disclaimer on this particular uh, cigar review because I have a little bit of medicine mouth. I've got these allergies going on right now. You can probably hear it in my voice. Well, so something know. blew in like the last couple of days yeah. because uh, everybody is like and everyone sniffling in here is like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had an entire bag of halls on the way over here. <laughs> <laughs> I am so high from the mental leptus right now. I'm seeing four of you guys. Six of them in your mouth. Like stuff your cheeks like a chipmunk, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll that ought to go really good. That ought to go really good with the cognac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, did it mess up your uh, uh, your cigar um, tasting? I abilities? think so because uh, I I enjoyed your review on it so much, and you were talking about a lot of the nuances in the cigar, and I think I missed quite a bit of them just because I have that medicine mouth kind of feel going on. But I will tell you, uh, I enjoyed the cigar tremendously. The uh, appearance of the cigar is medium brown, semi smooth. Had a little. It was a little spongy in spots, which always makes me think it might smoke uneven. This one did not. It smoked very even all the way down. Um, the pre-light sniff on there, what I was getting off of it was uh, earthy notes, coffee, some hay, things like that. Um, the pre-light draw, I used a V-cut. It was effortless. Uh, the the earth and toast came through really well, a little bit of pepper, and uh, and I was getting a lot of cashew like for the nuttiness. Mm-hmm. Kind of a lot of cashew in there because it had a little sweetness to it. So um, the initial light had this nice light peppery kind of flavor uh in it and um and a little bit of mocha sweetness to it and mm-hmm, coffee mm-hmm. with some more of the earthy flavors it was really really a pretty nice mild light to it the um the first third of this the pepper was consistent and pleasant all the way through here but it moved towards the back of the palate a little bit as more of a white pepper kind of mm-hmm. flavor and i really enjoyed that it it ling- I'm going to go ahead and give this up. It lingered the entire cigar. Mm. It didn't move forward and back like uh, like some cigars do, and it didn't go away or get stronger. It just- well, my, when I smoked that cigar, it, it kind of evolved through the yeah, flavors a lot. Yeah, you mentioned that it went yeah. in and out. And I think you know it could just be like I said, my mouth was uh, <laughs> is compromised. <laughs> well, you know, this, I, so. I think it's interesting to hear what your experience was when you're you know dealing with uh, this because. Sometimes that's what's happening in your life, and you wonder, do I? Can I enjoy a cigar? Yeah, even you, you know, can cigar? I get anything out of this? Well, so. I did. You know, the flavors that were obvious came through, and I really enjoyed them. The uh, the cashew nutty sweetness was really nice. The pepper in the background was really nice. Um, the coffee and mocha kind of floated around in there, and uh, they moved forward and back a little bit with the uh, with the cigar. It had a solid ash, perfect burn on it, all the way through, even with the little. Uh, somewhat soft spots like i said mm-hmm. the soft spots aren't a big deal it just makes me think that it might not burn evenly right but i didn't have any issues with that the second third of this the pepper and cashew uh with mocha it also had a little tangy sweetness that kind of came in uh, on the tail end of that um i don't know if uh if that might have turned into almost like a fruity note or something like that if if my palate wasn't compromised but it, it, again it was nice it was interesting i got a little bit of evolution in the cigar um 
And the last third of this did more of the same, and I know that's a little bit boring uh, considering considering how awesome your review of it was. But I will tell you this, at uh, $9 for a cigar, even with my compromised palate, it was worth every penny. I get a solid five on that. I'm going to smoke this again when my uh, when my uh, sinuses and um, allergies are not yeah. driving me insane. Uh, and it was a good enough cigar to make me think, oh, I need to smoke another one of those and yeah. really kind of dig in and get those things so i might have a supplementary review come up at some point in time that'd be kind of cool because uh i will tell you that uh, it's it you know it would be really interesting to me to see what you would get out of it if your palate was not well and our that's just the thing is our palates do different things from time to time you know it can be affected by what you had for breakfast or you know anything so um yeah it 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 really does uh, make a lot of difference and that's why um you know sometimes having just the right cigar to smoke after a certain kind of meal or a certain kind of, uh, uh, you know, maybe you've been drinking a particular thing. So certain ones are going to pair up better with that than others. That's, you that's know? right. That's right. So it was it was kind of interesting. And, uh, and I almost thought, man, I don't, I don't know exactly what to do about the review just because my uh, palate is a little compromised. But um, uh, but I went ahead and did it anyway because, you know, that's, that's life. That's the way it is. And sometimes you have a cigar when you're not feeling all that great and it's still a good cigar. And mm-hmm. that's what that was. Good definitely. to know. Good to know. Well, I smoked something, I think, um, uh, really interesting. I was just looking for something a little bit different than what I, you know, kind of normally might go to. I, I walked past the, you know, rather enticing display of the A.J. Fernandez cigars and, and you know, just kind of kept going and landed on um, the La, Glo- La Gloria Cubana area of the, uh, of the humidor. And the thing that drew my attention was I've not smoked a lot of La Gloria's lately because I've had the ones with the bigger ring gauge and they're, you know, they're interesting and they're nice and full, but I've kind of been there, done that. Mm -hmm. And then I saw this. It was a really nice looking torpedo that was more like a 48, you know, ring gauge. It's like Mm -hmm. my favorite real size, I think, for cigars is right in that ring gauge area. So I thought, well, this is interesting and had a really nice little band underneath the La Gloria band that said uh, uh, Collection Reserva. And then I looked a little closer and said Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Right, right. Uh, select Collection uh, Reserva. So I did a little, uh, I, I did get the cigar and did a little uh, reading on it. It is a collaboration between La Gloria Cubana and uh, E.P. Carrillo. Mm-hmm. Ernesto, who is the, you know, sort of master guy, the guy that blended that cigar that got number one in yeah, Cigar yeah. Aficionado last year, um, he started out basically uh, with La Gloria Cubana back in the old days. I did not know that. And then that got sold. He stayed on for a little while longer, I think, and then eventually went on to start uh, his own company. And um, this is the first time he's collaborated with La Gloria since that apparently uh and it's quite a collaboration it's an ecuadorian sumatra wrapper a nicaraguan binder and fillers and it is a uh medium to full so it's not that super powerhouse um uh la gloria like the, the ones that the, 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 are right exactly those are yeah those things beast, are like yeah, yeah <laughs> they really are uh pre-light on this was lots of earth and some pepper very kind of normal nicaraguan uh, uh flavors and aromas mm-hmm. um as i said it was a really pretty cigar about a 48 ring gauge i snipped the top because it was a um um you know a torpedo mm-hmm. and uh i lit it up it lit easily and the smoking began there was as you might expect, an initial burst of pepper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it settled down, and uh, by even the third or fourth puff, it had really begun to even out. Um, very early in the first third of the cigar, I started to get a really kind of a 
very creamy, slightly sweet flavor, reminded me a little bit of like, uh, you know, uh, Bailey's or something just very creamy, chocolatey sort of a vibe. Uh, it didn't last very long. It only lasted for like a half an inch or so of the cigar, but it was very unusual. It was quite nice. And then when that sort of evened out, it evolved into more of almost like an apple cider sort of a, oh, nice. a, a vibe. Uh, and that was mingling with the pepper and the cedar for a very nice vibe. Stayed tangy on the tongue for pretty much the whole smoke. Just just what you want a cigar to do, or just what I like anyway in my, uh, in my cigars in terms of what my palate really responds to. Um, I really enjoyed this. It took me back to uh, what La Gloria Cabana used to taste like, you know, back in the day. More mm-hmm. that that style. Um, and it was medium to full, very nicely complex, a really enjoyable smoke, about an 8 to $9 cigar, so kind of right in my sort of normal wheelhouse. Uh, price to quality, I'm going to give it a five and a half. I felt like it was a little better than what I, uh, than what I paid for it. I wouldn't have wanted to have paid 12 bucks for it, but, um, but it, was, it was good. Did you? Uh, I, I forgot to look at the pictures down here. Did you get a picture of that super solid ash that was on that uh, thing? There's the one, and, and my display is running a little bit behind, but there's the there's one of those pictures where you can actually see yeah. how straight that ash was, and the, the, uh, the whole and construction solid. of it was great. And when that ash, I, it actually would have stayed on, I think, a lot longer. I kind of bumped it against the ashtray when I set it down, and the ash fell off. And in when I did... The ash in the ashtray stayed solid. Yeah, like it didn't. You uh, could almost hear it, it go didn't thump into right. the ashtray. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah the, it just it just tells you it's it's good construction, and that's one of the things that's kind of been a hallmark of E.B. Carrillo cigars is how good the construction yeah. has a tendency to be on those. I mean, they're really really good. So I enjoyed it. Very good uh, change up for me, and uh, it was you know it, it was wonderful. I enjoyed. <sighs> uh, just sitting and hanging with you, and the only thing that would have made it better is if we'd have maybe had some cognac. That would have been nice. That would have been nice. Maybe we'll have to do that in the next uh, segment. We'll have to tell Docs where we are before the show next time. That was was some restaurant-quality segue right there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Docs, is that where we're going? We're going to take a break here and come back for the next segment and start the tasting. But is that where you want to start? I would. uh, For two reasons. Number one, uh, uh, the first chapter of Fraun is always going to be cognac. And and, and secondly, I think uh, we're just super excited about this one. Yeah, well, good, good. It, It looks gorgeous. We're really excited about uh, the beauty of that bottle. So, all right, so we'll get into that coming up next and Bell's uh, Best Brown Ale in the next segment. It's smoking and toasting, and we are glad to have you here. That sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Welcome back, my friends. You are checking out Smoking and Toasting. This is the radio show and podcast that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Docs is with us, and that means it is uh, plantation rum time. Uh, we are going to uh, celebrate rum month. We're kicking off rum month, basically, uh, with Docs, but we will do a little cognac first. And then even before we do that... I think it's Bell's uh, Best Brown Ale time, Ian. So if you could, oh, that was nicely done. Cheers. You, you're really good at opening cans. I've noticed that. <laughs> I practice a lot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, if you don't practice, you don't you, get good at right, it. Right. And you don't, you can even kind of lose your touch. 
if you're not careful. Well, opening cans is is uh, it seems like such an easy thing, mm-hmm. but there's a subtle art to it. Yes, and I, I I see it's an art that you've mastered, and I'm you know I'm giving you I, I try to I'm giving you the things. appropriate props for that. So <laughs> um, now you mentioned you've had this. Uh, I I don't know how long this. Uh, has been out uh, because I'm not as familiar, I think, with bells as you are. But I'm going to assume we've this has been out there for a little while. Uh, that this is it part of their core line, and I assume I, it's a seasonal. I don't right? know if it's their core line, but I see it from time to time, and I always enjoy it. Can you pass that off to I sure Adam? Can. Yep. Um, and it, it, certainly, it's a seasonal uh, because it even says, I think, on the can. Yeah, it says. Uh, let's see here. It says. A smooth, toasty brown ale brewed with American hops, best enjoyed with the changing of the seasons. It's got a very fall-looking scene on there with a beautiful owl. Mm-hmm. And, um, I will say there's not a lot on the nose here. Either that or I'm uh, getting your allergy uh, 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 stuff coming on. Just, just a little bit of a, of a faint uh, maltiness, maybe, but not. It's not a, a strong. That's yeah, not nose. real prominent on the nose. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I, 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 you know, I, I, always, I always feel stupid when talking about beer because I know nothing about it. But I, I got a little uh, IPA-ish off the nose, just a little touch. Just a little touch. You know? Okay. Yeah. It has a hoppy snap to it. It's a brown ale with a little more hop snap than well, you would normally. I was going to say, if you compare this to like a Newcastle, for example, kind of the everybody's tried that brown ale. Right. Uh, this definitely is hoppier than yeah. a Newcastle, which leans more almost towards the. Sweeter the, the, kind of side, yeah, 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 that that side, uh, and you know that's a good brown ale too. I like this. Now again, I'm a hops guy, so uh, so this kind of appeals to my uh, palate uh, very well. But it's got the the sort of maltiness and the toastiness that yep. you want in a brown with just that little kick of hops, which is which is nice. Well, and the nice thing about the toasty on here, it's not just a bready toasty. It's almost like a slightly burnt toast. You know how yes. You know how toast gets just that little tiny bit of blackness on there, and it's mm-hmm. just right. Yeah, this has when a little it's perfect, bit of that. You mean? <laughs> um, as a brown ale, it's interesting because it's hoppier than most things that I've ever tried labeled brown ale. However, it's so uh, it's so tempered by the sweet up front, and then that hop snap cuts it off really nice. It does taste very fall to me. Yeah, it, it does. It Has that vibe, but, but not because it's got that. Sort of Thanksgiving-ish pumpkin spice vibe no, to it at all. No, it's not a pumpkin spicy kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, but. it's it's definitely not the the whatever those whatever those spices are that are in pumpkin pie, the cinnamon mm-hmm. and the nutmeg. Um, it's, it doesn't have any of that to it. This is a little higher carbonated than when I had it before because I believe I've had it at the uh, new potato. They had it on tap, mm-hmm. and so in the keg, it it doesn't have quite as much carbonation. I think uh, this is a little higher carbonated. I don't think it interferes with it at all. It's just a slight difference. It's actually for a brown. I think it's actually very refreshing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it comes off a little bit lighter, but the hoppiness and the maltiness gives it some heft and some body. Yeah. But the uh, the carbonation makes it feel a little lighter. Like you could you know you could throw back a few of these. You know, it is five point eight percent, so it's not. Yeah. Super light, but it's not particularly you know huge or anything like that. Like, to- toasty and just nails it. It's, yeah. a, it's a toasty, and, and and we're talking about toast. It, it, it tastes like brown bread toast. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean, right? Yes, like I, the like the Outback Shiner bread. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's. Oh, good the stuff. actual no was that yeah. no that was an Outback that was uh, wasn't the other steakhouse. Uh, There's so it? many of them now. I thought it was Outback Texas, that had a shake. Longhorn, um, Saltgrass. Saltgrass, that's the salt one. Grass. Salt that's grass. It. Saltgrass, yeah. yeah. This, uh, this is the kind of flavor profile that I think, though, if you were going to pair this with food, this would go great with all your autumn 
your turkey and dressing kind of things like that mm-hmm. because it's not a big spicy beer, right? But it's got enough uh, robustness to stand up to those savory flavors. I think yeah, it definitely feels like a seasonal, but mm-hmm. like we said, without it uh, feeling like a pumpkin ale, you know? right? Yeah. And it's got enough hops to keep it crisp, um, but not enough hops to to come to uh, conflict with the savory flavors because I don't think hops yeah. and savory go really really well yeah. it's not damn fine with the singular and the Zyrtec I can tell you that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it works uh, I will just say since we mentioned saltgrass let me give you a little saltgrass uh, tip here because they just opened one like across the street from my building like across walking the park from my building to, to walking distance yeah so uh, so my wife and I went over there um, um, you know a couple of weeks ago and I'm going to give you a great saltgrass tip forget about the steak order the ribs the ribs are way above average for really? uh, for a you know what we might call a discount steakhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like going to Morton's or 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 we'll call something. It, we'll call like it a that. family steakhouse. A family steakhouse. Right. There you go. Yeah, uh, but man, and the steaks are fine, but the ribs were way above average. Nice. And you might not have thought to order that. I just no, I, I ordered like I ordered a combo that grass. had steak no. and ribs. And the steak was fine, and the ribs were great. Huh. So for what it's worth. Well, and that's that's a uh, that's a tough sell around here, just because you know you're in Houston, right? You can there get are barbecue great barbecue ribs all over the place. Yes, amazing ribs. Uh huh. You know? uh-huh. That's why I'm that's why I'm saying if you're going to Sawgrass, it might not have been what you would order, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I suggest it. Hey, uh, we want to give a uh, quick thanks to Dave Allardyce or Dave Paradise as we. Uh, uh, as we like to call or him. Disco Dave. We'll roll call the dice. Him. Or Disco Dave. Roll the dice. Roll the dice. Dave, of course, is a brand ambassador for uh, Glenfiddich, among mm. many of the other things that he does. In fact, I think his LinkedIn page lists him as uh, brand ambassador something and DJ. Yeah, I didn't. DJ uh, well. <laughs> so, well, you remember so the uh, so a few years back at the. Um, uh, at the Houston Whiskey Social, the after party was DJed by him. Mm. I had forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah, but you so were correct. He, he yes, was, uh, yeah. That was and that was at that place where uh, was it the Scottish Rites, where um, they had the big room with all the really plain walls. Yeah. But then the lights go down, and, and all the, the walls are video. complete yeah. video. Yeah, that, like, that was that was it was a really cool. nice yeah, effect. Yeah, you yeah. were there on that, right? It was yeah. a really nice that was effect. My first one, I think. Yeah, nice. Well, um, uh, Dave invited us uh, for a Glenfiddich tasting at. Um, this place called the Tower, the Tower, the Bell, Tower. Bell Tower, yes, Bell Tower. Uh, and and here. we were tasting the new uh, Glenfiddich Grand Cru, which mm-hmm. is finished yeah. in uh, wine barrels. Uh, it's quite good. It is good. I had it's it. You know, quite good. When I saw Grand Cru, I you know I assumed it was going to be cognac uh, barrels that they were uh, mm-hmm. finishing in. So when the first time I tried it, I, I was uh, thrown off just by how dry the whiskey was. You know, it was still quite flavorful, but I expected it to be much more rich. You know, in a cognac kind of way. And yeah. that's when they explained to me, no, it's not that kind of Grand Cru. It's just Grand Cru. Well, and it was it was finishing. It, so it was three barrels total. Yeah, it though, was, wasn't it? Because it, it was, was a, oak. the traditional oak barrel. Yeah. Then it was the um, sherry. Uh, sherry cask, mm-hmm. and then it went finished in the finish. Yeah. yeah, finished in the in the uh, French uh, champagne cask. Actually, champagne. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did you see the package, the box? Uh, yes. Now yeah. you, you're not going to be old enough to remember this. Remember the old Star Trek playset, uh, and you could put them in the beamer, and you press the button, and spin around. <laughs> That's what it was, man. <laughs> It's it's in the old Star Trek. Okay, uh, now, up there. now I'm gonna have to buy a bottle. That's hilarious. <laughs> that was a great uh, event though, because they also had uh, Alec Bradley cigars. They do yep, they do a yep. lot of pairings with uh, Alec Bradley, and so they had uh, Miss Brianna from Alec Bradley out there, and so we enjoyed cigars. Yes, yes, we did. And, and they had the old fashioned.
fashion, the 14-year-old fashion. Mm-hmm. So made with the Glenfiddich 14, which obviously. Great. Which yeah, is, that's yeah. a great old I fashion. love the 14. The bourbon barrel, the so blue label. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. They did a great Wonderful. job with that one. So good. Wonderful. So, uh, so anyway, uh, props to uh, Dave, and thanks for the invite. We had a wonderful time, and it was mm-hmm. it was a great event. And it just goes to show you what, uh, um, you know, William Grant can throw a party. That's all yes. I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So um, we are excited to have uh, Docs on the show to kick off rum, rum Month. But as is usual uh, with you, you are uh, much more multifaceted uh, than just than just rum. And you know, being a part of Pierre Ferrand, I mean, this is this is the company that was built on cognac, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, we are we are a, a cognac company at heart and everything we do comes back to cognac literally and figuratively mm-hmm. you know of course we're making cognac and cognac uh, the citadel gin we make is made in cognac stills and all plantation rums at, uh, are going to be uh what we call continental aged uh back in cognac in france um so you know it, it's very important that you know everything that we do uh, it's known that it, it, it's all about cognac now, we know that rum as a spirit is uh, growing, um, beginning a bit of a small renaissance right now. Uh, what, what is the story for cognac? Is it, is it on the rise as well? I think all spirits are kind of on the rise right now, but is cognac, I know there was a time when it was like the most uh, consumed spirit in, in uh, America, at least. Uh, That's true. Uh, but, well, you know, with, without going too far back onto the history books here, you know, when, you know, pre phylloxera which was the the pest from Texas that that, that uh, decimated the, uh, the the vineyards of Europe where no one could get uh, wine brandy cognac uh, for nearly two decades and and uh, and I'm, I'm gonna make my numbers might be a little bit off here but uh, at the time there was uh, uh, half a million acres of uh, vineyards in cognac mm-hmm. uh, and to this day I don't think it's surpassed 200,000. Okay. So wow. it's not that they haven't had time to grow the vines again. It's right. just the demand has not come back. Right. Well, right. It's, not, it's certainly not on par with what it once was. No. But I'm, I'm just wondering, as we're seeing so much more interest in spirits in general now, if, uh, if cognac is enjoying a bit of a lift from that uh, as well. I will say this. I, I do think that cognac is, is experiencing a bit of a renaissance in the sense that uh, new things are happening. We're a chal- right. not just us, but uh, other other companies and producers are are, are, are challenging uh, the traditions of cognac. I respect for the tradition, but not to be bound for them. And this is a good example of it right here. I was going to ask. Yeah, we've done our renegade barrels. Uh, you know, we had the, the the first one renegade barrel number one was the sauterne cask mm-hmm. finish. We had the second one, which is still available. That's the chestnut cask finish. We can't even call it cognac. Uh, by law, cognac has to be aged in some sort of oak barrel, usually French oak, but it can be any kind of oak barrel. Um, but um, uh, we call it the eau de vie de vin. Yes. Water of life of wine made with, with uh, Ferron cognac. Um, and this is one of our latest uh, uh, bottlings, and we call it the Ten Generations, and it is an homage to the Ten Generations of Eli Ferron that was making cognac for over 300 years. Uh, prior to the uh, current uh, 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 Pierre Ferron label and, and, and the company of Maison Ferron, um, when Alexander Gabriel teamed with the Ferron family back in 1989 to create this new label, uh, he teamed with them because, I'm stuck on the loop, here we go, uh, he teamed with them because they were based in Grand Champagne, and he wanted to do the finest, and the finest uh, region in Cognac is Grand Champagne. So everything mm-hmm. we do, as you know, is 100% Grand Champagne. This one is no exception, and uh, it is going to be um, 
80% of the cognac will be finished in the usual French casks uh, from uh, uh, Tronce and uh, Limousine Oak Forest. Mm-hmm. But 20% of the cognac will be fully aged in Sauterne cask. And what is Sauterne? Is? Sauterne. It's a, uh, I know there's, a, there's probably a, a wine geek out there saying, he's saying it wrong. Uh, <laughs> Sauterne. It's, uh, it's a French dessert wine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so we're bottling this at uh, 92 proof, so it has a little more extra mouthfeel than your typical cognac. Very similar to the Renegade Barrel Number no. One, um, but uh, I, I would say um, a little bit more even killed than the Renegade Barrel Number no. One. You know, um, it's at home in the snifter, or in this case, a little snip, a little mm-hmm. tulip glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I enjoy it. Uh, with, with the, just last night at the, the Specs. Uh, um, Gala, we were uh, enjoying it uh, in ice balls from Fat Ice nice. uh, in the rocks glass, and it makes a killer Harvard. Harvard is just a cognac Manhattan. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. sense. With this, I just tried this. and I this, was just saying, you were, you were doing research. I was watching you. I was, and it is uh, it's sweet and delicious. It doesn't have, um, like, I always equate, probably because I've, my, most of my cognac experience has been the usual suspects, you right? Know? And um, I always equate it with a, a bit of the uh, overripe grape, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that which can is, get a little annoying. Which is not the and vibe this, of this at all. This does not. This is no. a big, round, and robust mouthfeel with a lot of sweetness, and it finishes in such a nice, wonderful little heat. It's almost. As if a but it's gr- such a gentle heat. As if a great champagne were a spirit instead of a bubbly wine, is is kind of what uh, because you get some of those, some of those same before you get the the heat that comes secondarily, you get some of those same you know sort of sweet fruity uh, kind of notes, and then boy here comes the richness. Mm-hmm. It's it's so nice, so nice. So we distill with Lees, um, and this one in particular one is a medium Lees. Uh, and, and, and Lee's is just the, the skin, uh, the pumice, uh, you know, mm-hmm. after the pressings, we, we distill with it actually inside the, uh, the still, which she's going to give it, uh, you know, just that, everything you described there is going to help uh, pronounce yeah, those flavors. Bring those flavors yeah. up, yeah. yeah it's, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a, a stronger, makes a stronger impression on the palate than what, you know, even a great champagne would, which is going to be more mild on the palate. This is, uh, you can tell you're drinking a spirit. It's it's definitely a, got a little bit of a punch to it, but it's one, the heat on it is just mellow and wonderful. Really now, there's nice. definitely some heat to it, though, but it's a welcoming heat. It's, it's not, it's it's not like you're trying to fight heat. through it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. No, it's a very friendly heat. It's a very It's like warm. a weighted blanket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love weighted blankets. Uh, <laughs> so. Did no, y'all notice is, on the label, the, the vines? You'll see, yes. You'll see the faces of the 10 generation of Eli from oh, that, I, vines. that I did not yeah. see, but... Uh, yeah. And once you see it, once you see it, you can't unsee it. You're right, right. So I'm gonna put this in front of the Mr. Twirly Gig camera. See if I can get. Yeah. And this will be. Uh, this is going to so be a regular a available faces item. Faces in profile on huh? that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was. So when you say regular, this is going to be available. It's not a seasonal. It's not nope. a limited edition. All the time. We're going to continue to produce it. Wow. It's it's great. Uh, what is something like this going to retail for? Um, you know, uh, fifty-five. Yeah. That's not bad. Outstanding. That's not bad at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's going to vary from. From place to place, obviously, mm-hmm. but fifty-five. Yeah. Mm. That is very cool. What I like about it is you could, you could pour this for after dinner. You could pour it for you know just like everyone first 
comes over and you're like, hey, let's break As out this bottle. Aperitif. Yeah, it really, really works uh, in a lot of different ways. And now I'm seeing all kinds of faces in the uh, uh, right. v- uh, branches of the vines there on the box. It's, it's like seeing uh, the arrow on the FedEx truck, have, like you never unsee it. Yeah, I have a feeling if you have uh, several of these, you'll see faces even more prominently. You shall hear the voices <laughs> of the 10th generation of Pharaoh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Uh, so this is great, and and you said this is new, correct? It's new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's actually something we've had in Europe for about oh, man, two years, and it only came inside that 500 uh, uh, ml bottle. Mm-hmm. So I have a few of those rolling around my house. Every time I come back from France, I grab a couple. But we we finally converted it to the uh, USA approved uh, 750. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just glad to know someone who uses the phrase, and quite casually, I might add. Every time I come back from France, right? Yeah, uh, that just that just yeah. makes me happy. Yeah, my you brother, know? my brothers like to have a drinking game. Every time Greg says Chateau, we take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> the heathens. Uh, <laughs> well, that's quite good. I mean, it really is. It's a. Uh, this is one of those. This is one of those things that I think if you're a person who's got you know some bottles of whiskey and bourbon in your bar, and you maybe got you know a rum or two, and maybe some tequila, but you're looking for that. What can you? What can you have in your bar that when people come over, you go, "Hey, I bet you haven't tried this," mm-hmm. and 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 that they'd be really impressed with? I mean, that's that's how I would uh, that's how I would use this. I'd be I, I'd be pulling this out every time I had company. I also can very very much see this go with some uh, some of the more savory desserts like uh, mincemeat mm-hmm. meat pie or. Mm-hmm. Like a, an apple pie that's not too terrible sweet. And wouldn't this be great with one of those Perdomo Champagne cigars? Yes. You know the one I'm talking yes, about that I comes in the... So. I think... In the, uh, it's, I th- it's a mild but wonderfully flavorful cigar. Mm-hmm. And this would just accompany it, I think, very, very well. Yeah, and Aladino makes that Connecticut, too, that oh, would probably fit yes, that bill. Yes, I bet it would. I bet it would go probably really, that really, really, really nice. nice too. Yeah, yeah. You did, did mention uh, you know, something that you would have inside your uh, liquor cabinet that, that people haven't had before, and that's exactly what we strive to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, with every uh, Farron uh, cognac that we produce, uh, we try to make sure that it's unique because, um, you know, cognac is, is, is a, 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 it's a huge territory. There's many producers. Um, and, and so it, it, you have to really think outside of the box uh, to make sure, you're, you know, you're not producing something that hasn't been done before. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like you and, and, and it's not just us. And I mean, this, yeah. there's a lot of good uh, product producers that are out there that are trying new things. Martel did their Blue Swift with the bourbon cast finish. It was a mm-hmm. very nice product. Uh, I think it was, uh, I noticed the other day, uh, Kelt is doing a, a sauté. I haven't had a chance to try it yet. Mm. They're doing a sauté and finish also. So when we see that sort of thing, we're like, yes, this is, this is, this is it. Let's. We can still have respect uh, and, and, and enjoy the cognacs that we've, that we've become accustomed to and not be afraid to branch out and not only bring new things to us, but bring new drinkers to us as right. well, new yeah. consumers. Well, as Ian mentioned, it does not have that, you know, more sort of the dried fruit um, the vibe that some cognacs, maybe what people are more familiar with from some cognacs have. This is a completely different experience. No, this has more and depth and roundness to yes, it. Yes, for sure. And less I of- like it. Less of the punchy grapeness that I was so used to. Wow, there's like 83 faces on this side of the box. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, there's a there's a uh, uh, comment on here from a Jim Doxakis who yeah, says, that's "Now it. that's a face for radio." That's that's Jim uh, Doxakis. That's yeah. he's one of the ones that, that raises a toast uh, a glass every time I say chateau. Okay, chateau. chateau, 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 chateau. Oh, yeah, you're right. done for the day, Jim. <laughs> 
All right. Well, we will uh, come back in a moment and give you another chance to say uh, Chateau. We'll look forward to some rum, and we're going to look forward to another thing that I think is unusual, which is this, uh, or I'm expecting it to be unusual. It's Bow and Arrow Brewing's Guest of Honor. It's a Belgian-style pale ale uh, brewed in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, I've been looking at this bottle in my uh, beer closet now for a while going, we, we just got to get to this on the show. We have to try this. So uh, so we will do that coming up next. Plus, uh, a new list is out of the top full-bodied cigars in the world, and I'll share that list with nice. you coming Also, up. we're going to have to add in, apparently this Saturday is... Is somebody's birthday? Here. Oh, oh, so we well, might have to sing a happy birthday here on. Well, I think I think that could be uh, arranged. We'll <laughs> wait until very late in the show so we don't so we cause sound, a lot of massive tune so we out sound early our on. Best. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, some of us can sing, and I don't mean me. Uh, all right, so we'll be right back. Uh, top full-bodied cigars in the world, and a little bit of the Belgian-style pale ale. Plus, it's rum month. Let's kick it off right. Coming up, smoking and toasting. Uh, I shall have to thank my wife for putting that on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, my friends. This is Smokin' and Toastin'. It's the program that's all about crappier fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry. Our guest is uh, Docs, Greg Doxakis from uh, the Maison Ferrand. Uh, company, I'll, I'll get better at saying that. Maison Ferrand, yeah. Maison Ferrand, yeah. Uh, and uh, of course, Plantation Rum, which is um, what uh, w- that's what drew you to my attention first was the Plantation Rum. I think it was, I think it was that same um, uh, uh, whiskey uh, event, the uh, whiskey social uh, that we were talking about earlier, where I wandered over to his table and there were all the Plantation Rums. <laughs> he wandered over and never <laughs> returned. Like, yes, right. uh, I was like, okay, Ian, I'll see you in a while. <laughs> Um, Cruise hasn't been found for a yeah, while. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so an article in the Gentleman's Gazette, which I was excited when I discovered Gentleman's Gazette online, uh, but then was slightly disappointed to notice that it didn't have any, you know, photos of beautiful women in it. It was just, it was a different kind There were of, no gazettes to speak yeah, of. Yeah, there were no gazettes to speak <laughs> of. But they did have a very interesting article on the top full-bodied cigars, and I thought I would tell you the ones that made their list are of the they top. all Gloria Cabana Serie R. That's right, the top full-bodied <laughs> cigars in the world, according to the uh, Gentleman's Gazette. Uh, so they uh, recommend, by the way, um, that uh, you should enjoy a handcrafted. Uh, uh, th- they say for the true aficionado, a handcrafted Cuban cigar is the difference between a fine cognac and the swill made on the parking pad of a trailer in Arkansas. <laughs> That's what it says in the article. So, uh, but they, you know, again, it's the Gentleman's Gazette. So uh, we're going to take this with a grain of salt. But let's see what we think of their list. Uh, the first cigar on their list, the top full-bodied cigars in the world, is the Padron 1964 Anniversario Exclusivo Maduro Robusto. A cigar I know well, and it's a great cigar. It's hard to go wrong from my Downing that. Street days. That it, that was something. Really, yeah. Oh yeah, Downing Street. See that? Every time I think about Downing Street, I get a little bit sad. Yeah. I was it for five years. Yeah, it was it was great. I loved that place. I used to take my laptop and just go. That would be that was office number two. Mm-hmm. You know, I would just sit there and smoke and drink. And then when I got tired of doing that, I'd order some food and then I'd uh, smoke and drink some more. Yeah, it was, good too. It, it that, was the one they're talking about, the Padron, it, it had a nice uh, kind of a oily uh, fin, mm-hmm. a, a nice oiliness on on the, mm-hmm. uh, the on the wrapper. It just it absolutely, just, it, it felt good. And it is, it is tough, as Ian was saying. It's tough to go wrong, really, with any of the Padron anniversarios. Mm. But uh, that one in particular is a, 
is quite good. Uh, then they mentioned the Cuban Cohiba Esplendido. Uh, I don't think we have to go into a lot of info on that, but that's a great cigar. If you can find one and it's not a counterfeit, not a counterfeit it, right. it's, it's wonderful. Then the La Flor Coronado, uh, a very richly complex uh, La Flor uh, Dominicana. The, the Coronado is, they say, a prime example of what cigar making should be. Uh, the Ashton VSG <laughs> makes their list. That's a great cigar. It is a great cigar. I haven't had a VSG in a while. I'm, I'm overdue uh, for one of those. And then the uh, My Father, Le Bijou, 1922, yes. which is a, another wonderful cigar. And here's another Padron, the uh, Siri 1926 80th anniversary Maduro Perfecto. Mm, they, love, they love those the Maduro. Those are not cheap. <laughs> no, they're not. They're and, super good. But they're one of those that if you want to splurge, it's a good way yeah. to go. You know what I mean? Uh, the Oliva Siri V Maduro or Siri 5 Maduro, uh, the Tatuaje Black Tubo, and the Davidoff Millennium Blend Robusto. Now, let me just say, most of the time people do not think Davidoff when they think full-bodied cigars. Right. But that Millennium Blend is a wonderful, I mean, it's pricey, but it's wonderful. That's a wonderful, wonderful cigar. Uh, and finally, I think this is the last one, the Rocky Patel Decade makes the list so interestingly and that's a, that's a very nice i think of it i think the decade almost more is a medium to full yeah i'm a little surprised uh, that's on the full and i'm surprised yeah. there's not a gloria cabana on there yeah that that like seems to be the, a little surprise that seems to be the the real missing uh link here uh, they did get a little floor they did get a little floor that yeah. was that was important but uh yeah i think the uh, they described the decade as one of the more distinct cigars you'll try so maybe they just really liked it and wanted to Stick it on the uh, on the list, but again, this is the only article I've read in the Gentleman's Gazette, so I haven't, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know how well they know their stuff, but it's not a bad list. No, you know? that's, a, that's a pretty okay list. Yeah, that's a pretty okay list. I knew three of them. So, yeah, so well, there you go. <laughs> uh, Ian has uh, cracked open the bottle of uh, this uh, beer that we're going to try. This is the Bow and Arrow Brewing. I don't think we've ever tried a beer from Albuquerque, New Mexico. I don't think we so had, either. You had a uh, remember you had a buddy that brought us back some beers from New Mexico, but they were from some some like small. Mm, what was that? It was town. a small little brewery. Right? Yeah, yeah, but it would, they were really good, but. Uh, uh, but yes, um, those were the ones. Remember, he brought us that pecan ale that was that tasted like actual fresh pecans. Yeah, so that was it really wasn't good. like the uh, the usual. Usually, when you get a pecan ale, it's the more sort of baked pecan flavor. This tasted like you were cracking open one of the pecans and pulling the the uh, meat of the nut out of the uh, out of the shell. But uh, uh, anyway, we were about to try the Bow and Arrow Brewing Guest of this Honor, is a, uh, Belgian style pale. What does it say? Belgian style pale ale with Brettanomyces dry hopped with Simcoe hops. Mm. Uh, let's see here. This beer celebrates spring, the beer drinker, and the future tables that it will grace. Wow. This is completely different from it's, anything. The Brettanomyces will will hit you right away. Yeah, it has a little bit of a uh, almost a sour on the nose. A little bit of the almost the farmhouse funk, doesn't it? Yeah, it smells like a, okay. This is gonna be sounds. It sounds it's like okay. a, no. it smells like a French grocery store to me. You get a bit of you know, get, get a bit of whiff of that the the ripe cheese and you get a little uh -huh. bit of like meat sour in there and the sour. No, I'm serious. You get all mm -hmm. that. I'm like going uh, there's a, and produce. I mean, it's uh, there's a lot going on here. Wow, it is not at all. You can you can sort of get that it's a pale ale like at its base, 
but there's so much going on in that it doesn't it, has, it doesn't strike the palate as a pale ale at all. It has almost a champagne like body to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. It's so uh, carbonated, like much it's crazy more, carbonated, much more than I would have expected. And I think the carbonation, like uh, it's kind of fun because the flavors and the fruitiness of this work, but the carbonation is almost so much that you got to wait for a minute. Till the carbonation goes past to get some of the, and then the flavor kind of settles on your tongue. Yes, I agree with that. Um, So this is a beer that I would put firmly into the. um, If you're going to buy one of these, hang on to it till friends come over. This is not a beer to just drink and enjoy necessarily. This is more like you have this with friends and you talk about it. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. It's that kind of experiential uh, sort of a beer. There's actually a bit of the flavor of this that I that I don't really like. Uh, that, that settles that funk on the that, aftertaste. The funk is a little, a little funky. The, it for has me. a little overripeness to it. Yes, um, but I kind of like it actually for that. It, it. But I keep going back for another taste. If, if so. anything, I was going to pick on this beer it would definitely be the way too much carbonation for my palate. But don't you get the sense that that's fun. really on purpose? That they yeah. really did that. Do you know that, that starchiness you can get on your tongue after you're eating like a green banana? Or sorry, a banana that's mm-hmm. not quite yellow mm-hmm. enough. It kind of got a little bit of that, too. Yeah. I mean, it kind of coats the tongue. And not only yes. that, but the, the, upper, the upper part of the mouth It's also. amazing. As soon as you said banana, I was I was retrohaling and just immediately got banana. See, I don't get the banana flavor. I, just mean, I get that feeling from a starchy green banana, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you got a little bit of that uh, uh, peel. You know, you, you mentioned the French grocery store. It really reminds me sometimes when you're trying a very aromatic uh, French cheese and you you taste it and you go, you know, that's not nearly as pleasant a flavor as most of the cheeses that I like. And you say that right as you're reaching but for you another back. more. Right? <laughs> you keep going back. And, then, and that's kind of what it, this there's reminds me of. Right? Like, like I'm, I'm kind of going, okay, there's something in here I don't really like. Let me try that again. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very, which is why I say, this is a beer you open, share with some friends, and talk about it. Yeah. Right and and I would I like this enough I would I would buy this again mm. if I saw it on the shelf I would say you know what that was interesting enough I'd buy it again. Well, it's interesting seeing how the Brettanomyces interact with this style of a beer because normally you're getting those in the darker beers the uh, you know the uh, uh, the stouts and or the, the wild the, ales yeah or the wild ales yeah and this is this really comes across to me as much more of a wild ale than a uh, uh, than a. Uh, a pale, but you're not kidding about the carbonation. It's almost distracting. Yes, it's a lot of carbonation. Yeah. Yes, it is a lot. Be of interested to see what it, what it's like when it tempers down a little mm. bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say that's one of the most interesting beers we've had on the show. I feel in like a while. I feel like I'm gonna actually pour myself a little more and I'm gonna set it aside because I feel like some of the fruitier flavors mm-hmm. and maybe even more of the funk will come through once it warms up a little bit. Well, you, we want that funk. I mean, you gotta have that funk. Yeah, and, we need and, the funk. And you don't want to fake the funk either. Yeah, no, you, know? you definitely it's, don't. You've either got the funk or you don't. And you know, it could be, it could be the funk of forty thousand years. So um, you just, you know, <laughs> we just slow jammed. That was awesome. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, well, that's something you get here on Smoking and Toasting <laughs> that you. You know, thankfully, don't get on most other shows. So, um, hey, this is this is the the part of this that cracks me up is when we when we go to have guests on here. Sometimes they want to know a list of questions that we ask, right, you know, right. to make sure that it's okay with the parent company or the marketing division. Like, 
How do we even come up with that? Yeah, how do we, how do we even <laughs> go? Well, uh-huh. we're, we're going to be looking for musical funk reference, lyric references uh, at one point. Are you guys okay with that's, that? That's the conversation yeah. that we have. <laughs> Uh, well, that that was that was really really interesting, and I, I'm going to do the same thing as you, Ian. I'm setting a little of that aside uh, to see once the carbonation <coughs> calms down if it has a different. Yeah, carbon. Uh, I want the comp- carbonation to calm down, and I'm, so I'm going to try that next uh, next um, um, segment and see what it's like when it's a little warmer, and I bet more of the fruity flavors come through. And well, it's uh, it, again, I'll say it's the most interesting beer we've had on in quite a while. It's yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, beer. very interesting. Uh, well, Docs, you are uh, a representative, of course, of the entire line of Plantation Rums. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Plantation Rum. I have a number of them in my uh, bar as we speak, my liquor cabinet. Uh, but you guys always seem to be coming out with something new, and I don't know if that's where we're going to focus next uh, on something new or not. But uh, but talk to me a little bit about. All of the different rums that are in your uh, portfolio. Well, I mean, you know, I think uh, to simplify it is that plantation is uh, uh, the idea behind it is, is to be demonstrate the diversity of the terroir of rum, mm-hmm. and that is to say that Jamaican rum is different from Barbados rum, which is different from Fiji, from Peru, from uh, Reunion Island. Uh, you name it. If and you ca- guys kind of do it all, or well, at least a lot of it. We, right? Well, I'll say this though: we, we're, we're we're double aging uh, uh, as much as we can. You know, well, I'm not going to say everything. There's some that you know, whatever intrigues us. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, um, you know, we do have uh, a distillery in Barbados. It's the largest on the island. It's called the West Indies Rum Distillery. Mm-hmm. Uh, we own two in Jamaica with partnership with the Jamaican government and Demerara Distillers. Uh, one is uh, Clarendon, and the other one is Long Pond. But Plantation. They're not called Plantation Distillery, and they never will be. There's never going to be a uh, Plantation Distillery because Plantation is not about that initial uh, distillation. Plantation is about that it's going to be distilled in its uh, native custom in its native country. It's going to be aged in bourbon barrels in its native country. Uh, Then it all goes back to France and gets aged longer in the uh, Pierre Frond, Cognac Frond, Cognac barrels. Um, We call that continental aging. Uh, The the bourbon aging, we call that tropical aging. And we call the the aging in the Cognac Frond continental aging. Um, And sometimes we do something called dynamic aging, which is what we're going to see today that we're doing actual triple finish. Mm. And and again, that is uh, uh, something that we, we like to play around. Yeah. We like to try things. I um, think that's awesome. Uh, and again, we want to strive to make every single plantation different. How many plantations do you have at home? Uh, probably four. I got ten times as much. Yeah, I got forty at home, and it's and they're wow. all very different from the other. Wow. I, got, I, I have to I have to get crafty. I have to have like you know, I I, I my luggage always comes home twice as heavy whenever I'm about <laughs> across the <laughs> Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Um, let me uh, let me ask you this: Is there a kind of a rule of thumb? about rum from the different regions in other words like for example you can say uh if it's uh there's there's rules of thumb there's rule of law well right but but like if it's bourbon from kentucky you can count on it having uh you know likely there are exceptions of course but you can count on it being a little more of the sort of you know the maple and vanilla uh, Mm -hmm. flavors than if you're saying uh looking at uh, a single malt from uh from scotland um is there are there certain flavor characteristics that are kind of inherent to the different places that rum is distilled? 100%. And that, that, that's what we mean by toa, that the influence of, of where the rum is made uh, to the flavor itself. Right. Uh, and, and it's not just uh, where it's made. There, there's going to be uh, different uh, um, uh, 
production methods. Right, of course. And there's different, like with any spirit, what you do to it once it's distilled. Um, is going to have a big impact on on what the flavor ultimately is. Are you, are you, are, okay, so are you fermenting in open tanks, closed tanks? Are right. you are you using uh, a dunder from a muck pit? Uh, are you uh, um, are you uh, using uh, pot stills? Are you using uh, um, column stills? Um, are you aging in in, in open? Uh, uh, not open air, but uh, climate controlled uh, warehouses. And all that is going to affect the end flavor mm-hmm. of a rum. Mm-hmm. And every country has its. Um, some flat out have a GI law. You have to do it this way. Right. And some it's just it's always been done this way. That's the you tradition. Know. Right. Right. Is there is there anything that you can do to uh, the sugarcane distillation process that makes it not qualify as rum? Yeah, uh, well, like anything, you can cook it too high. If you if you distill it to a too high of a proof, you no longer have vo- rum. You have vodka. Okay. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, and I know, and, and and I can't speak for every rum producer, but we want our rums to have character. So even if we are using a a column still, we are going to distill it with care and not burn out those uh, natural elements, those uh, esters that make it uh, what it is. Uh, you know. When I think of plantation rums, what what always strikes me is that. With most other rum companies that I enjoy their rum, the differences in the rum are more about, well, this one's aged this long, this one's aged this long, uh, and so on. But the characteristics have a tendency to be very similar. With yours, it seems like all of your rums are very, very different one from another. There's there's a more uh, distinct difference, uh, and and I'm guessing that's just due to all the the things that you just talked about, either the location where it's distilled or the the variations in the style of distilling as as it goes in. Plus, plus you're then sending it back to France and aging it in in cognac barrels. So, yes. and, and there's uh, also, I mean, some of these. I mean, these are all going to be single countries, but we have plenty of plantations that are going to be blends of many countries. Right. Right. So yes, we do enjoy uh, uh, um, you know the ability to do drastically different things without just being aging. Um, you know, age does is is, is a huge. Uh, uh, you know, uh, quantifier of, of flavor. Um, is that the right word, quantifier? I think so. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's either quantifier we, or qualifier. Yeah, we can, we can dub that out, right? Anyway, so, <laughs> anyway but it, it's, it's really going to, uh, you know, has a, it does have a lot to do with it. Um, uh, but, you know, all kinds of things. It's going to be about the blend. Uh, it's going to be uh, the how long and the aging and, and the continental mm-hmm. and tropical. It's also going to be about dosage. You know, we are very transparent about our, our rums, and we do practice dosage in some of them, not all of them. Uh, and it's various levels, uh, um, depending on just how much flavor we want to bring out on it. Um, when you do something like, we've talked about the pineapple rum uh, mm-hmm. on the show quite a bit. When you do something like that, though, it's not about infusion. It's more about uh, what what it's how it's been aged correct it's not no a, no 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 uh, we actually distill pineapple skins uh in, so it's pineapple skin yeah okay. well both we took we take our three-star rum which is our uh we call it three stars because it's made from barbados uh trinidad and uh, jamaican rums and we consider those to be the three stars of the rum making community okay um so we call that three star nuts all for all intents and purposes our white rum even though it is aged um, and we take the skin of the pineapple, and we redistill that in the cognac stills. We're going to blend that with uh, some uh, original dark rum that's had some of the meat of the pineapple resting in that, and blend it all together and uh, put it back into the cognac barrel to age even longer. What I love about it is that if, if you can say this about a rum, 
it's not sweet. It's not sweet from right. the pineapple. You can, right. you can at least say that. It's a, well, it doesn't taste like rum with pineapple flavoring in it. Right, exactly. It it's tastes got, like... It's, got it's just, a rum that tastes like rum, but there's pineapple in there also. Right, right. right yeah. yeah, and it's just so easy to drink. It's oh, my lovely. Goodness. It's, it's You know what? We, I, I don't know. Prove it. We, we, we've created... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I don't think that's where we're starting. Is this, yeah. is this where we're starting here? This is the Jamaica 2009? Jamaica 2009. This is our, our single cash series, and we do what's called uh, a, bar- a barrel exchange program. Mm-hmm. And that is other spirits producers out there who uh, we share a mutual respect for will exchange barrels. And we'll give them sometimes some cognac uh, ferron barrels or maybe some uh, plantation barrels, and they'll send us some of their barrels. And this is where we're doing our dynamic aging. Uh, this one's going to be Jamaican 2009. This is all from a long pond. Um, it's going to spend seven and a half years nice. uh, in, in, awesome. in bourbon barrels in Jamaica. And then it comes back to France and spends at least one year in the uh, Ferron Cognac barrel. And then it's going to spend six months, I'm going to double check that number, six months in a Tokai uh, um, wine barrel. That's, uh, nice. that's uh, Hungarian dessert wine. This um, is really oh, interesting because it's nose, huh? definitely rum, but it has a more delicate nose to it than mm-hmm. I'm used to. Yes, it does. Thank you. Um, so, now, this is an interesting one. Now, we have, we have plenty of pot still rums. You know, we have our Zamaica. I think I tasted y'all guys mm-hmm. on that. Yeah, is, Zamaica's great. So, our pot still. This is actually going to be a, uh, a, um, a column still. Um, uh, it's a Blaine. Uh, uh, sorry. Blair. Blair. Ooh, Blair column still. Um so this one, um, it's not going to have as much of that hogo, that Jamaican funk, as some of our mm-hmm. vintages have in the past. Right, right. And a lot of that is due because it is a column still. Um, but uh, I do believe that Tokai finish also, I want to say it kind of, I don't want to say it mutes, but it kind of tames that Jamaican funk, you know, uh, uh, um, kind of reels it in a little bit. But it's still plenty of flavor, lots of mouthfeel. Not what you would, not, not, not definitely what you would expect right away from, from something from us from Jamaica, but still something delicious and unique. Mm. I love it. I, this to me is right, There's a right where I want rum to go. Sweet fruitiness to this. You think that that I'm not I mean, that you weren't expecting? Yeah, right? that I'm not expecting yeah. at mm-hmm. all. And we are following traditional Jamaican uh, GI laws here. And there's no dosage added to this one. It is also though not sweet in the same way as um, the Zamaica is. It's got oh uh, no, Zamaica is super it, dry. Yeah, it's this has just got such a. Uh, uh, I, such a back of the palate, uh, wonderful warmth to it. You get that stewed just, fruit, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. yes. That's that's uh, that's what I was looking for. It's more of a, it's not a uh, a sweet fruit taste, at least to my taste buds. It's more of that that stewed fruit uh, sort of a vibe. I really like this a lot. Yeah. So the hogo, the hogo is there, but like I said, just I, I feel like that that uh, that Tokai barrel really kind of just uh, puts it on a leash a little bit, you know, mm. in a good way. That's impressive. That's uh, that's really and this is uh, now. How? Let me ask you: this. <coughs> These rums that we're tasting here are these all relatively easy to find in uh, in in stores? Just got here. Just got here. Just okay. got here. Now the one we just tasted. I know. Let me see who picked it up. I believe Rice uh, uh, Liquor and Bel Air picked that one up. I mm-hmm. know that uh, Ryan's up there on the north side picked it up. Uh, NASA down and Flax on the uh, south side. Uh, near 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 uh, uh, Clear Lake, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you, you'll start you know, when when we get these things in. It takes a while for them to start getting up on the shelves, but you'll start. It's going to be really available across the state. So this and, is a brand new rollout, then. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say this. Normally, in the single cast, we give it to one customer only. Last year, it was the HBS that got all of our Jamaican. Uh, this year, I, I really wanted to share the love, so to speak. Uh, okay. I, I wanted to get it out there and and, and, and let everybody get a chance to uh, to try these. And how limited is this? We had 23 six packs in Texas, and we'll never see it again. Mm. Well, that's a shame. Grab it's it now. Really good. Yeah. It's around really 50, good. The dollars range around that area. Mm. Mm. Okay, that's fantastic. I'm always okay. amazed at the quality of rum you can get for the price. You know, to yeah. me, rum is is uh, uh, you know you can get good uh, whiskey, especially bourbon, uh, under twenty five bucks. But a lot of times, the stuff that I would call like the next level up has a tendency to go up into the 70, 80, 90 yes, pretty quickly, range yeah. pretty quickly. And with rums, you're absolutely right. You can certainly spend that on a rum, but you don't have to to get this kind of uh, this kind of sophistication and, and flavor. It's Yeah, you're right. Uh, for $50, that's that's a steal at that price. That's a, that's a it really great is. drink, yeah. Yeah, it really is. Fantastic. All right, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We have more rums to sample. Uh, so I think we'll do, uh, maybe in the next segment, we'll do several of these kind of uh, back-to-back and just see uh, just see where these are taking us. Are all of these limited? Or uh, yes. some of these? So these are all... So, some more so than others. These are all things that... Uh, yeah, and thank you for doing that, Ian, because we want to... If you are looking for this one, I, I recommend that you do, by the way. Uh, it's it's just really spectacular. That's my favorite we've had in a while. Mm. And then uh, start thinking about your answer. We're going to ask you what exactly you do with a drunken sailor. <laughs> uh, when? Uh, early in the morning? Yeah, early. Uh, early. <laughs> and maybe when people ask us for a list of questions, Ian, they should all be questions like that. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> How much wood? Exactly. <laughs> assuming that a woodchuck could chuck wood. Uh, if he could. Assuming. If he could. Assuming. 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 Yeah. Assuming. 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 All right. We'll be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 165. And we'll be right back to continue celebrating Rum Month. <laughs> Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting, and uh, we, uh, we are uh, the it's called chair dancing. Come on, yes, it's chair dancing. <laughs> I like it. Uh, we are uh, celebrating Rum Month. It begins with Docks and Plantation Rum right here on this very program, show number one hundred and sixty-five. We're brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant at eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth by uh, uh, BB Lemon on Washington Ave and the Annie Cafe and Bar on Post Oak Boulevard in. Houston. Now, um, uh, I realized I made a great tactical error because Doc stepped out and I did not use that opportunity to refill my glass from the uh, <laughs> uh, from that uh, 2009 that we just had. What were we thinking? Wow. Okay. Well, uh, it's still sitting on Mr. Twirly Gig, even though we're going to go in another direction here in just a moment. First of all, though, another craft brewer has been sold. But wait, this time... You may like what happened. It didn't get sold to AB InBev. Uh, Ballast Point, which I'm a big fan of their beers, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> has been sold from Constellation Brands, which is not exactly big beer, but that's, that's pretty big. Disorder, but... right? They've been sold from Constellation Brands to 
a small microbrewery in Chicago called Kings and Convicts Brewing. They have bought Ballast Point. They uh, are going to move the Kings and Convicts headquarters uh, to Ballast Point's hometown of Chicago, basically uh, merge the two. And this is the second time in four years that Ballast Point out of San Diego has been sold. Kings and Convicts Brewing Company, a tiny uh, firm from Illinois, uh, announced that they have agreed on the sale. Now, the terms of the sale are not... Disclosed, they're rumored to be in. Uh, well, it's rumored, rumored to be an over a billion dollar brand. Wow! Uh, uh, so that's a pretty big. It's a pretty big thing. It's huge, obviously, in the state of California, and has you know distribution pretty much all over uh, the place. We can certainly get them here, and I, I love their. Um, the sculpin, the sculpin. Uh, their yeah. takes on IPAs are fantastic, and some of their sours are mm. wonderful. Um, but uh, the sale will include. There are four California brew pubs, which include uh, uh, in Anaheim's downtown Disney and Long Beach at the main brewery in San Diego, uh, and also in the San Diego uh, Little Italy neighborhood, plus one in Chicago. Also included is Home Brew Mart, which is Ballast Point's birthplace in San Diego's Linda Vista uh, community. Um, it's, it's That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a victory for craft beer, I yeah. think. If if the craft guys We're buying it are back. taking it back, yeah. We're taking it back, and uh, there was also another uh, sale uh, of a of a craft brewer uh, this uh, last week, and that was the guys that make that. I'm I'm looking for the info here, so I don't get this wrong. But the guys that make that, it's Anderson Valley. They make that a really awesome goza that we've had yes. on the show before. Um, they were sold to a. Uh, Businessman uh, from San Diego, uh, from uh, San Francisco, and he's keeping them totally independent. So nice. they'll they'll uh, they'll change hands, but stay uh, stay indie. And so it's really some good things happening for craft beer uh, this week, and not any of it involved uh, sales to mega corporations who make beers for the many. And that's to me that's that's. I can't believe that people would drink beer without having some kind of bumbling figurehead. <laughs> I know it's amazing, isn't it? Or or. <laughs> cold activated can yeah well it's you know i saw a comedian um i don't remember what i was watching but um i saw a comedian talking about how beer uh beer is funny because they're uh they're working on not making their beer better but making the beer delivery system i.e the bottle faster yes because obviously drinkers are so worried about not getting their beer into their face fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you mean faster? Well, that's where you get like the well, vortex bottle. The vortex bottle, bottle you know? or yeah. you know. the you you've seen the vortex bottle from yeah. Miller Lite. The thing where the idea is that you know it, it's got this circular it's got rifling uh, in it. Groove in it. Then of course I've got an extra yeah. hole in the yeah. can yeah. that yeah. got yeah. more. Right, right. Because your beer doesn't get into your mouth fast enough. But by said. the way, I had a beer in the vortex bottle. It doesn't work. The beer just pours out over the vortex, like it doesn't. It well, doesn't yeah, it's, swirl it's around. It's completely ineffectual. It's, like it's, it doesn't work at all, <laughs> like it's a, and it certainly didn't make it taste. It's any certainly better. not going to work in their short neck bottle that they oh, had I anyway. Oh, I know. Like seriously, yeah, you can't get that in your mouth fast. And enough? then through the small aperture, <laughs> the, their beer uh, aperture is inadequate. Well, I'm, I'm, I just I am love concerned. that sentence, and I'm glad I said <laughs> that it. Was <laughs> like, <laughs> that was like Dwight Schrute was in the room or something. <laughs> That was, Fact. that was almost as good as when I returned from France. Uh, that that was well. The, the comedian every time. The comedian every, pointed every out. Every time. Thank the you. The comedian did point out that like how many times have you been around with 
with friends and stuff, and, and the beer just doesn't pour out of your vessel fast yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Or have you ever <laughs> had this happen? You're at a party, and you have no idea if the beer you're holding is cold or not. Because right. It well, doesn't thank have, God we have labels at Turn Blue to tell us. Right. Like, right. I got my old cold sensor right here. <laughs> <laughs> So. I don't know if it's cold. You tell me. All right. So, Docs, what have you poured us here? This is our, our second rum, and I can tell you already on the nose, I'm it's, loving it. Yeah, what is this? I, I wanted to go polar opposite from uh, from that Jamaican one, yes. which was uh, super dry. Um, this one is uh, the Guatemala XO, um, and this is a Guatemalan rum, obviously. It's been aged uh, in bourbon casks, and like all plantation rum, it goes back to France, gets aged for one year in Ferran cask, and then spends six months in Amburana cask. This is now, okay. I want to back up real quick. I was incorrect about something on the uh, Jamaican. It's one and a half years for that dynamic aging with the, uh, uh, um, the Tokai. And this okay. one's going to be six months. Okay. This is uh, buttery. Couldn't be more different than on uh, the nose. Yeah, super tropical, mm-hmm. very coconutty. It's really coconutty. It it's the kind of rum that makes you, you know, immediately transported to the beach somewhere. This in This might islands. be my favorite rum right now. Yeah, uh, Adam, if you want to <laughs> hand me, if you want to hand me back a cup, I, I, I will. However, uh, I yeah. may say the same thing in ten minutes from now. Yeah. Well, depending on what you have next, this is a, this is like one of my favorite rums I think we've ever even had. On so this here. one's, but you also get so good. You get like a, almost like um, uh, the I, nose on this like starts it's way just, back here. This is this is uh, like I was saying. This is one where as soon as you take that first sip, you're like, mm. okay, I'm on vacation, and that's a that's a, a feat unto itself. Does you know what I mean? Proof? Uh, no, I don't think so. Guess the proof. Go on, guess. Guess. Wait, Go on, guess. Is it 100? <laughs> it's 100. <laughs> it's got wow. some heat to the back of yeah. it in, in a friendly way. I, this this is delicious. Like, so this is hitting my palate. seven and a half years in uh, in bourbon cast? No, 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 several. Nope. Someone let you on a little, little secret here. Whenever we say XO, that means we're not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no! It. It's it, it's it's going to be a blend of uh, different barrels, different ages. Uh, so I mean, you know, we we always again we always like to be very very transparent. So for us to put an actual number on there, we'd have to know for sure, you know. But we're not. It, it's so it, it is. So is that a rum trick of the trade when we see XO? That means they don't know exactly. No, 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 no. I was just making a little joke. Mark Burrell put a uh, comment up here. says, Docs makes me want to have a daiquiri. Mm. Mm. <laughs> is that, that Mark Burrell from yeah, uh, Rainbow Lodge? he's so fun, isn't he? He's one. He's an uh, original pharaoh. And what I mean by that is he, he, he's, he visited our, our uh, facilities, God, almost a decade ago. You know, uh, whenever when, once once you get to go spend some time out there, we crown you a Ferran. So he's been a Ferran for quite a while now. Oh, well, see, nice. we kind of lay claim to him as well because, and Mark may not know this, but we now refer to him as Smoking and Toasting's wine guru. Yes. Uh, so when we have questions on wine, I mean, he's he's our guy. I think you know? he's the Galleria area. Yeah, wine I, guru. I think, <laughs> I think he may stuff. be for the state of Texas, quite yeah. frankly. But uh, this is this is really wonderful. Now, I I loved. Um, the the Jamaica 2009 single cast that we did a moment ago. But I love this one just as much, but in a completely different way. And that's what I guess I was trying to get at earlier about your line of rums, because you you offer so many different ways to experience what rum's about. And if you're somebody that's really, really into rum, you'll enjoy all of them. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who's maybe just getting into rum, you'll find one that will be your... 
uh, your go-to, I think. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, and, and again, I, I said polar opposites on this because they are completely different. And quite frankly, this one's going to be very polarizing. Uh, it, it's not typical rum flavors. Um, that Umbarana cast, which is South American wood, it really brings out some weird flavor notes that, quite frankly, mm-hmm. it's not going to sit well for some people. But if you have an open mind and you like to try new things and uh, and you can appreciate uh, things outside the norm, it's, it's a beautiful spirit. Um, it's unlike anything we've ever done before, in my opinion. Rum good. Well, I was going to say, I got to talk like that when I was in college. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> if I had an open mind and I like to try new things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, I, sorry about the joke there. Well, this like, is okay. fantastic. I actually really like, this is one of my, immediately one of my favorite rums that I've had. This is so good and so different. And um, and the, the, the coconut and the butteriness in there, and then it smells so good. Like, if mm. I walked around smelling like this, like, no one would leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they had an open I mind. I smell an experiment. Wanted, yeah, <laughs> if they had an open mind and were into trying new things, that could be a, you know, uh, uh, that right. could be a thing. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I mean, we, we you know, listen, we enjoy some, 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 you know, we enjoy debating and talking about spirits. And, and the thing about uh, uh, um, uh, spirits uh, enthusiast is sometimes it does lend itself to some very strong opinions and when people get into those strong opinions they tend to lock themselves in this jail of those opinions and it gets to the point where it, things are very black and white and we challenge those things uh, we, yeah. we you know we try to uh, uh, I hate this it's such a cliche, but we try to think outside the box on on on, on spirits, so uh, um, that we you know we, you are trying something new, you are letting something into your cage of opinion. But for right. a lot of people, they got some you know pretty hard well, locks yeah, on sure. them. You know? Some you know some people are are very opinionated, and then others like our good friend Chris Hart have really like no, they're just flexible, no Who? opinion at all, no opinions at all. <laughs> Who, what's his name? Chris Hart. Oh, well, ever heard of that guy? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. nobody cares about him anyway. So. Uh, we'll uh, uh, no, but uh, <laughs> we're just we're just. I'm just ragging on him because he's so. No, Chris Hart is he's one of so my close, close friends. I, we love him. No, he's not like, about, no but no, this, this is what I'm going to say about Chris Hart. Chris Hart does is an opinionated guy, but but but, but I'm going to say 99.9 percent of the time, it's a it's an opinion based on education. Well, that's and, right. And open mindedness. Mm-hmm. I will say this, Chris. Chris, uh, he you know he's he he can ask some tough questions, but uh, I think it comes from a good place. And 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 we you know, he has an appreciation for us, and we have appreciation for him. And it's important to note, and I think we are now actually we may be legally required to note when we're referring to uh, Chris Hart, we have to uh, mention. You just showed me a miss, he just call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when we refer to Chris Hart, we have to mention. I think now required by law. Uh, we have to refer to him as whiskey expert. Yes. Whiskey, whiskey expert. Whix, whiskey expert, Chris, Chris Hart. Hart. Because that's what it said in Texas Monthly. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, so if he's a whiskey expert, and Texas we forget Monthly. to refer to him that way, uh, then you know, I think there are apparently legal, he hears legal his name being said because he did just call. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, or he's got one of those you know finely tuned uh, senses about more than uh, more so than just bourbon. If any, Chris is a big fan of of, of rum as well. Yes. If, and We've if anybody out there together. gets a little tired of us talking about Chris Hart, you know what? Come to the Houston Whiskey Social. Meet the guy. Yeah, you'll talk he about him. He stands out. Yeah, He's you'll talk about him. He's tall and redheaded. Yeah, you'll talk about him <laughs> if you do. not hard to find. Yeah, not hard to find <laughs> at all. Uh, let's try one more in this segment, Docs. What, sure. uh, what, where should we go next? Uh, let, let's uh, let's try this uh, Peru 2010. Oh, Peru. Now, are there a lot of rums um, uh, distilled out of Peru, or is that 
mm. a more unusual <laughs> rum locale. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I, I can tell you that uh, b- b- before we started bottling Peru's, I was not aware of it. Well, I was yeah. going to say, I don't know that I've ever heard of another one. That's why I was asking. Maybe I was just, you know. Yeah. No. Uh, we know we just won a uh, God. I wish I. Oh man, we just won a huge accolade for our Peru 2004, which unfortunately does not uh, exist in this uh, uh, market anymore. I take that mm-hmm. back. I mm-hmm. think uh, I think NASA Liquor still has some of the Peru 2004, uh, possibly Lee's Liquor in, in, in downtown off of Navigation. They have some, um, but that Peru was just won uh, huge accolades. But this is the Peru 2010. Um, the difference between uh, that 2004 and this one is going to be, again, that dynamic aging. Uh, seven years in bourbon cask, one year in Ferran cask, and then an extra year in a Pinot de Chiron cask. And Pinot de Chiron, mm. Pinot de Chiron is, a, is a dessert wine uh, made in the Cognac region. In fact, if you're driving through Cognac, you'll see just as many signs for Pinot producers than you, as you do uh, um, cognac producers, and all it is really is going to be the unfermented pressing uh, mm-hmm. juice, the freshly pressed uh, juice from the grapes, uh, blended with some uh, aged cognac, put back into a barrel, and aged even longer. And it comes at about seventeen percent, so it drinks like a nice uh, dessert wine. Um, uh, let me ask you a question: If I'm in a uh, a shop, and I see some of your, um, I see some of your rums on the shelf. Mm. Is there an easy way if, for me to tell by looking at the bottle if they might be one of these uh, limited rums versus uh, something that you uh, have, you know? Yeah, for sure. If it's, if, it's, if it's got a date on it, it's limited. If it's got a date, if it, uh, it's vintage. limited. If it's got okay. a vintage on it, 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 if it's 2008, 2009, um, if you see that it's, um, if it's from one single country, mm-hmm. chances are that it's going to be a limited one. I'm trying to think of the only thing we really do. That's from one single country. Well, three, three actually. We have our Barbados uh, XO. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our five year, which is also from all Barbados, and of course we have the Jamaica, which is all uh, uh, Jamaican. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, uh, the rule of thumb is if you see a, a vintage on there or just one single country, it's it's a one shot. Okay, deal. got right. it. Yeah, because a lot of what you do is about the blending, correct? Um, you know, like your three star, for example. It, it depends. It, uh, yeah. it depends. Uh, like some, yes. Uh, most of what we call, um, you know, our bar line, uh, which is going to be three star, uh, OFTD, which is our uh, overproof one. That, uh, by the way, is wonderful. <laughs> that know. overproof is just. It's delicious. Wow. I mean, it we, is delicious. We have another phrase for it, but I can't say it on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can say pretty uh, much anything here, but. Uh, uh, well, it's yeah. O. Fudge, that's delicious. But yeah. but he didn't say fudge. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so um, uh, those are all going to be blends from different countries and different ages. Um, you know, but uh, you know, the single cask uh, that's going to be more. Uh, um, you know, uh, the, the straight vintage uh, transferred mm-hmm. from barrel to barrel to barrel. Right. Ian, what's your take on the Peru 2010? This one definitely has. Um, mm. A way different mouthfeel than the last two. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got a little more tingle on the tongue, a little more yeah, spice in the middle. A little more, and then uh, the the back end of this has a little more body and spice to it versus mm-hmm. the 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 front of the palate on the other two was a lot more uh, rounded. This is, is is kind of an interesting thing, especially following the um, Guatemala one we just had, where it's so round at the beginning of the flavor and then kind of mm-hmm. trails off and comes back with heat. This is um, 
this is not as present right up front, but man, right at the last mm -hmm. third of the palate, it just pops, and then you get this great. And then you get this wonderful tingle. Yeah, at the wonderful end. tingle. And then there's this, like you said, the tingle on the <coughs> tongue that just kind of lasts for a while. Mm -hmm. It's it's a very interesting drink like that. This is it's so different from the other two even. And it's well, it's, it's your turn to guess the proof. My turn to guess proof. Well, so the last one was a hundred. Guess the proof. I like this game. This is coming in at ninety-two percent. No. Okay. <laughs> that sounded pretty uh, authoritative. I totally, I totally thought he was going to go. Oh my it, it god! It sounded 92. very convincing and definitive, <laughs> yeah, right, but no, yes. it's uh, it's eighty-seven points. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Yeah. yeah. Well, you weren't far off. No. I mean, it's still, it's still higher than your typical 80 proof, yeah. uh, or at least I should say minimal 80 You know proof. what, though? It doesn't really translate that it's that much higher. There's no. a little heat that comes back afterwards that lets you know, okay, maybe there's something there. But realistically, a drink's so smooth and easy. We have one or two. Pardon <coughs> <coughs> oh, him. Wow. Um, we have one or two that, that does have that, 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 that overproof acid reflux that you just yeah. unavoidable. <laughs> but you don't, you don't see them very often. But we, for the, for, for the more bolder drinker out there, um, that Barbados 2007, which is exclusive to Texas only. I don't know if I've told you guys mm. about this one. I don't know. I, I, I literally stole this one. Um, we had 23 cases mm -hmm. uh, at the warehouse, and I was like, I'll take that. And they sent it all to Texas, and there's no more left anywhere. But it's two thousand. It's Barbados two thousand seven. It's been triple finished in Bordeaux cognac cask, bottled at one hundred and seventeen proof and zero dosage. So it is a um, a very bold forward rum, uh, not for the novice. You know, delicious if you you know if you like your bookers and your bakers and that sort of bourbon. Mm -hmm, this is mm -hmm. going to be the rum for you as far as heat level goes. You've, um, heard, you've used the word uh, dosage a few times. Yeah. Would you mind explaining what that means? Yeah. Dosage is uh, uh, it's a practice in, in, in cognac, uh, the addition to uh, sugar to uh, uh, the product uh, after distillation and, and during aging and blending. Um, so and, and it, that's a very oversimplification of it. It's not that simple. We don't have just bags of granulated imperial sugar sitting around the distillery. Uh, <laughs> we take a lot of steps to do something that's uh, um, intended to be a flavor enhancer, not to mask anything. Certainly not intended to, to sweeten. So when and, and this last one we tried, I think, is 8 grams per liter on that. And that is just to say if it was a liter bottle, there would be eight grams in there, and it's not a liter, uh, so that's less than a quarter of an ounce, barely enough to cover the bottom of the uh, bottle, so to speak. Right. right. So why do it? You tell me. Yeah, we call it, it. It's to bring out other flavors. It's to take 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 it's, flavors that are already there and enhance them. It's like adding a pinch of salt, not enough to taste the salt, but enough to enhance the other flavors. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Chef speak. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and and the way that we produce it, we call it uh, a sucra toast. And the way we produce it, it means literally means toasted sugar. Uh, we're taking un, you know unrefined uh, sugar in its brown crystal form, and we're toasting that. We put it inside a barrel. And uh, we let it sit with uh, the spirit of whatever we're going to be using it for. If we're using it for cognac, we let it sit with cognac. And if we're using it for rum, we let it sit with rum. Mm. Uh, and then let that sit for a year. And the end result is this intense, thick, uh, uh, flavorful uh, uh, syrup that imparts so much more than sweet. Um, you know, if you taste it by itself, it, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, remarkably sweet. But it's kind of like... Uh, uh, um, I don't know, uh, I want to say baking chocolate in the sense that it's not something that you want to taste by itself. Not that it's right, a bad right. thing, but it's true right. intent. But it's true yeah. intent is, is to do something else altogether. Right, right. And, and bring out other flavors correct. and combine with other flavors. Right. Well, it's, it's amazing when you, like, the simplified version of that is here. 
adding sugar, but it's yeah. you're right. It's not even that at all. Like that whole process mm-hmm. is intensive and takes a year <coughs> to mm-hmm. make right what you're making yeah. to add to this to to help the flavors. That's- and, no, and we we do have some. Uh, there's there's brands out there that use a a, a much more healthier, uh, <laughs> a much more uh, a greater amount. Uh, um, we are very transparent about all of our dosage, uh, and if you go to our website, you can look up any uh, any rum that we've ever produced or currently producing, and they'll show you exactly what our dosage on that. Sometimes it's zero, sometimes it's uh, like eight grams per liter. I've seen it as high as like twenty-two or twenty-four grams per liter. Yeah. In the most, uh, you know, with ours, right? Yeah, yeah. interesting. And put in perspective, like the average liqueur has like a hundred, like almost two hundred grams per liter. Well, and what I would, and what I would say is, you know, what I like so much about this is the fact that you are transparent. I mean, if you're doing something because you believe that this will make this uh, spirit taste the best that it can taste, then uh, that should be a good thing to do. But to not be transparent about what you do, I think that I think that's where some of the companies might get in trouble, you know, and uh, and or at least be, you know, less than truthful. So well, and it, it adding that small amount as well, like like you like you asked me, what would the reason even be to add that small of an amount? Well, yeah. unless it's actually they're doing something because mm-hmm. it's not filler; it's too small. It's not adding a ton of sweetness; it's too small. Right. You know, if so, you're adding butter to your mashed potatoes, okay, might be good for me to know that, but I bet it makes the mashed potatoes taste better. Mm-hmm. You know. Just it's just a it's just a thing. Um, okay, tell you what, let's uh, we're going to come back for one uh, final segment. We have one more rum to taste, unless you've got more hiding away that I don't know about. Uh, there's one more on the table here, and we're going to taste our uh, Saint Arnold French Press, the Imperial Coffee Porter. I have no idea how that will interact with uh, the rum, but we'll uh, find out. And that's uh, coming up next. It's smoking a toast and uh, show number one sixty five. On the beach in Hawaii. Well, welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We're brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant, eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Bacon, bacon, bacon. All right, let's talk about uh, expensive whiskeys that would be uh, appropriate for Ian to gift me uh, for uh, the holidays, or for anybody else that you want to gift. I get holidays. a I get a nice big okay. bottle of Yukon Jack. Yeah, <laughs> good, good. I see. I see you're learning. Um, Balcones Hequeros, a single malt whiskey. Hequeros. How do you say it? I I, I want to pronounce it with a like like you would pronounce it if it were a Spanish word, but I'm not sure that it is. H e c h i c e r o s. Nothing Spanish about that. Well, what is it? How do you say that, it? Hequeros is what I guess. Hequeros. All right. Fair enough. Uh, it's a special Texas uh, single malt from uh, Balcones, and it is uh, about eighty nine ninety nine. And it's uh, you know Balcones is getting huge accolades Balcones all over the place. Is so delicious. They are really, yeah. They really make uh, a great a great product. And they uh, this Hequeros uh, Texas single malt is a refinement of their standard expression. Uh, it's finished in port casks. Adding extra depth to the sip, so that's first 
on this uh, list. This list came from Uprox, by the way. Uh, Yellow Spot Irish Whiskey, uh, aged 12 years, uh, $99.99. The Spot line of Irish whiskeys from the Mitchell Brothers, they say, is one of the finest Irish whiskeys now, didn't, you can find these days. $100. did not we try that from the uh, New Potato when we did our show over there oh, last I time? Oh, I believe we did, we did and, it was, and it was delicious. Thank you for uh, for remembering yeah, that. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Bell Mead Single Barrel Bourbon, the Bell Mead uh, Cask Strength uh, Single Barrel is $100. And it is worth every penny, they say, of that $100 price tag. Uh, this particular single bell expression is never going to be bottled again, meaning it's truly unique and it makes it great for any bourbon aficionado. Uh, I was really proud, by the way, of the representation of Texas whiskeys on this list. Garrison Brothers, single barrel, Texas straight bourbon whiskey, uh, priced at $119.99. Uh, it is a single barrel expression that they say demands your attention. These Garrison barrels Brothers are awesome hand too. selected by Garrison Brothers, and uh, they are. Really, quite uh, quite tasty. They are Texas whiskeys. There are literally some of my absolute favorite whiskeys right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Jack Daniel's Sinatra Select? Uh, it is uh, one hundred and nineteen dollars. Uh, they say it was uh, uh, well. Jack Daniel's was you know Sinatra's favorite, and his love of the Tennessee whiskey created an indelible mark on the brand. So they use. Uh, bespoke Sinatra barrels with extra deep grooves in the staves to create more room for the juice to mingle with the toasted oak. Uh, it is, as I said, 120 bucks. So, uh, and finally, Michter's ten-year single-barrel bourbon, priced at 125. Uh, it's been named the best bourbon in America. That should tell you all you need to know. It is single-barrel, and oh, I forgot the McCallum Classic Cut. At one hundred and thirty dollars, makes mm. the list as well. So, oh, uh, uh, you know what? There was more on this list than I thought. Whistle Pig Rye Old World Cask Finished Bespoke Blend. Uh, <coughs> and let's see if I left anything else out. Just Jameson's Bow Street Eighteen Year Irish Whiskey, and Jim Beam Master Distillers uh, at two hundred bucks. And then finally, Wolves Winter Run. I've never had uh, Wolves Winter, but it's one hundred and eighty-five dollars, and it is highly recommended um finally uh, the editors pick for a serious splurge they say heaven's door bootleg volume 001 it's 500 dollars uh and it's one of the um one of the bob dylan whiskeys but it's a 500 dollars bottle 500 dollars bob dylan whiskey whiskey. Mm. yeah yeah so there you go uh you want i should read you the 25 dollar and under list here yes please all right because uh you might want to you know Figure out what you want to angle for me to get you. Well, for, <laughs> the uh, whole list. For, <laughs> that's right. Uh, this comes from GearPatrol.com. The best bourbon whiskey you can buy for $25 or less. They say Maker's Mark uh, at 20 to 30. King of the Affordable Weeders. Wild Turkey 101 at 20 to 25. Old Forester 100 Proof. How are we doing so far? Are we doing all right? Yeah, we're all, we're all good so far. Old Tub. Are you familiar with Old Tub? I have no idea what that is. Old Tub, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, it was the name of the bourbon Jim Beam himself sold back before Prohibition. Today, it's a four-year bottle and bond sour mash bottled at 100 proof. So it's a Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey Old Tub. Uh, Larceny uh, from Heaven Hill. Uh, the alternative weeder, they call it. Buffalo Trace, which you knew would be on here, priced at $25. Old Granddad, $114. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Uh, uh, it's $25. They call it a big fat bourbon. 
Uh, they describe it here as the fullest, meatiest, fattiest, cheap bourbon that you can buy. I don't know that I like it, though. Yeah. Like, I guess some people say it's good, but I don't think I like the old granddad. It's just yeah. not to my palate, I think. Uh, so I'll leave that one out of your list of bourbons, then. Yeah, you can you can spend that 25 on, you know, Taco Bell tacos. Evan Williams Single Barrel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that works. Say $25 on Taco Bell tacos? That's that's thirty tacos. <laughs> uh, four roses yellow. And now I want tacos. Can we talk about tacos now? Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, Jim Beam single barrel. I'm uh, just about done with this list, and that is it. So, uh, four roses yellow makes the list. Um, I was watching a, uh, a really nice uh, documentary on bourbon actually the other night. Four roses very very well uh, represented. There's a the, there's a few the on there. I would take a Weller twelve over quite a few on mm-hmm. there actually. Yep. yep. Um, but I, I guess those lists are always subjective. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons I like I like uh, yeah. bringing them on, so you can you know comment on them and say what you think. Yeah. So so um, one of the things you won't find on lists like that is uh, things like what uh, Docs has brought us here today because these are so limited. They're not going to make these uh, you know these lists by the time people try them and and put them on a list. They're not available anymore. So um, so I got to figure out what's what's the best way. To find these, I mean, you mentioned that they were at some, uh, shall we say, less um, less mainstream uh, of the shops. Is that a good idea for finding these? Uh, right now, but you know, I mean, these just landed in Texas like a week ago. Okay, it takes a while for them to get out there, you know. Okay, so uh, they can very well see them at Specs uh, in the near future. This one, the, the woman we're about to try, you can only find at Specs uh, on. That was nice. <laughs> that was nice. Go ahead. I, I was just sneaking that in there. You're like the, you can only find it a spec, so I'm still you're like, you're like the kid in school is trying to unwrap food and going real slowly. It's like the slower you do it, the louder it is. Louder just it rip is it off like a Band-Aid, man. And then uh, you're done, yes. So... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, this one you can find exclusively at, at, at Specs uh, uh, um, on on Smith Street, and also at uh, uh, um, uh, uh, the, the Tiki Bar Kenaloa down there in, on yeah. uh, uh, um, in downtown. We'll get into that in that's, a second. Go. That's mm-hmm. that's where I shop is the spe- uh, Specs on Smith Street. So that's uh, um, uh, so I'll be looking for this. But uh, well, I haven't tried it yet. I'll be looking for it if I like it as much as I've liked the other three. That's for sure. So. Which one, what, All right. what is this? The we, French press? we are enjoying, or we're about to enjoy, the St. Arnold uh, French Press. It's an imperial coffee porter. And it smells like coffee. It smells like coffee, yep. It smells like coffee and porter. It says rich and roasty right on it. It does smell very roasty coffee. Mm-hmm. Roasted coffee bean. Almost the, almost more the, the smell of the coffee beans than the coffee itself, wouldn't you say? Yeah, a little bit. Um, that's French taste, press, though, that's for sure. The taste has that coffee bitter in such a nice way, and the porter, I think, smooths it out. It's um, more carbonated than I expected. I like this. Um, this would be, if I made a list of top five <coughs> coffee... Coffee porters? Coffee beers. Mm. They're not always porters, but top right. five coffee beers. This would probably be at the lower end of that list. It's still pretty good. Um, I think when it comes to coffee beer, though, um, Real Ale just owns that. Mm-hmm. Like their their coffee porter is so well balanced. This is a different take on it, um, because this has a lot more of that cold coffee kind of mm-hmm. uh, flavor to it, versus the you know brewed coffee kind of right. flavor. But there's also the uh, Eighth Wonder has their Vietnamese coffee mm-hmm. stout, which is also rocket like fuel, very different. Yeah, rocket yes. fuel, which is also very different. So you have. These are like three really, really far ends of the coffee beer. 
Docs, you took a sip of this and then set it aside. Is that not to your taste? Doesn't doesn't really do it for you. I didn't love it. No. Okay. And then, uh, but there, to and be fair, I don't, I don't like French press coffee though. Okay. Yeah. That well, that makes sense. It's just too it's too acidic for me. Mm-hmm. In fact, the other, day, the other day I was I was I was kind of uh, wondering why so many coffee shops when you ask for black coffee they give you the most acidic thing out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like don't I think medium roast. That's just uh, I'm going off topic here. You know, and I oddly enough I drink my coffee black. I never put anything in it. And we go off topic on such a regular basis here that this is not uh, <laughs> this is well, not an issue or a problem. So. I, for the sake of y'all and the listeners, I stopped because I think once I get going there, it's just it's I'm like the juggernaut of complaining and it's ain't gonna stop. Hey, I have. Haven't even uh, covered the Nick Jonas news well, for this week. So. Let me go ahead and point out that Starbucks doesn't pay me. I think their coffee is kind of crap in the first place. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm not talking about Starbucks. I'm talking about just. Yeah, it seems like the more well, just a coffee, the shop, more yeah. bohemian the uh, the coffee shop, the more aesthetic their black roast is going to be. Hmm. Yeah. Like at some point in time, it just becomes paint stripper. I'm like, you're not impressing anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am not a coffee aficionado by any means, um, but I. Uh, I do enjoy this, but this would be a one a one beer drink for me. In other words, this is not. I wouldn't go for a second one of these. Yeah, I, I this is not my favorite of the St. Arnold's. I usually love their seasonals. This one mm-hmm. to me, I don't love it. It's okay. It's I would drink the, it if someone had it. And it's, it's not. There. It's not a Christmas ale. That's for sure. No, their Christmas ale is another. Well, thing that's a entirely. wonderful, wonderful Man, beer. That, that's the green can one. Yes, that was nice. Yeah, that's a so wonderful good. beer. Yeah. I want to tell you though, that since I had the. Um, since I had the rum kind of out of my palate after that, mm-hmm. I went back to our um, guest oh, of honor. Oh, you went back guest Belgian, of honor, the Belgian Pale Ale. Letting yes. it warm up. With Brettanomyces. It is fruity and has a weird bitter to it now. And I don't know if That it's you didn't coffee. detect yeah. before? I don't know if it's the coffee that uh, is doing that, but it's actually in some ways better. I like it a little less carbonation. Oh, yeah. Flatter, I think it is better. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. The less carbonation, I think you. Uh, is that your is that your pour? That's your that's your pour cup. I think that should be very interesting. Yeah, I think you mixed that one. No, I, I made a <laughs> I made a point not to put in that because I did want to go back to this. Oh, one. Okay. gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Well, I I will tell you the fruity uh, flavors come through. The funk comes through a little mm-hmm. better. But there's a weird astringency to it now that I. Yes. That um. That the, you almost didn't get before because of right, the carbonation. Because of the cold and carbonation. I think I like it better flat, which is. That's unusual for me. I usually prefer the more carbonated version. Dear one, guys, I think you're right. I think I dumped my uh, the rest of my <laughs> Guatemalan. But listen, I'm going to say something right now here. Uh, the Guatemalan uh, XO inside the Guest of Honor, I think we're on to something here. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've discovered a few great things here by accident. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Now two of your favorite flavors come in one drink. <laughs> wow, wow, I like it. Oh, so. Now I see a Guatemalan <laughs> with a... With the you got your Belgian ale in my Guatemalan rum. You got your Guatemalan rum in my Belgian ale. <laughs> wow. That's good. That's good. Okay, so um, I think I think it's time to do Wiki our final. Brian says off topic on this show. Off topic on this show? No <laughs> way. No way. <laughs> well, the Brettanomyces on this, um, I, I think you you get a better sense of what it's doing maybe when, when it's flat, yeah. you know? It still it's sizzles on the tongue a little bit in a weird way yeah. too, but uh, it's it's interesting. That's an interesting beer. That's definitely worth buying just for the sheer interesting factor of it. Just to just to get off topic again, whenever I hear the word Brettanomyces, for some reason, 
in my brain because songs play in my brain all the time. So in my brain right now is playing "Every Rose Has Its Thorn." I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Because of Brett Michael. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. You keep saying this word. Brettanomyces. I don't think that's what it means. Uh, I think it means. Yeah. No. <laughs> all right. What is our final? Oh, yeah. Wow. Pour, pour that in there and uh, see. And yeah. See what we're, you what is our final one we're trying to get back? This I is the one you mentioned this was available at Specs. Yeah, it's, so this was actually a pick by uh, our, our good friends over at Canaloa Tiki Bar. Uh, they're there on, on, on uh, right on Market Corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that? Mm-hmm. Um, is that they call it Market Corner? Market, 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 Square? market Square. Market Square, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's a Guyana rum. And the only, that's the only place where you can get it uh, uh, um, at a bar. Yeah, let's place put it over you, on Mr. Toilet Gig there. The only place you could uh, get it... Um, uh, um, and retail is going to be uh, specs on Smith Street, and it's there now. I bought a bottle there a day before Christmas, uh, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Nice. You can definitely uh, feel the overproof on this one. Yeah, I haven't tasted it yet, but you can uh, almost is, you uh, can almost smell it too. This one's eighty-eight proof, I believe. Is it really? I think so. Wow. I, to me, you can definitely feel the overproof. Forty-seven point. So no, oh, no, ninety-five, ninety-five. Okay. So yeah, you can I'll tell you what. It almost feels like it packs a little more heat than the hundred proof that we had. Right, here. right. Well, it's it's funny because different drinks will handle it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, uh, I I don't know if I've ever used this word with a rum before. This is delicate. Mm-hmm. It's just got such a delicate combination of flavors, and I'm used to rums being bolder, perhaps with the, you know, with the sweetness and the vanilla and the, you know, and, and this is just. Uh, the fruits and this is just this is this is lovely I so mean. there's something some of my favorite plantations we've ever made um have been from guyana and uh every now and then uh when I'm back at the chateau everybody drink <laughs> i got chateau <laughs> i might i might open up a, just a this random drawer in the kitchen there might be like one of the guyanans there and i'm like no one's looking i'm gonna drink this and and there's always just something lovely about the guyan rum and there's something about the guyan rum in my opinion just it just tends to it just seems to soak in that char of the barrel a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's a really very unique that. flavor yeah. uh, yes. in the rum. Yeah. So, uh, um, but th- this particular one has uh, been triple finished in what we call zebra casks. Uh-huh. And it's going to have staves. And it's, we call it zebra cask because it's got staves from different kinds of wood. In this case, I believe it's uh, the chestnut cask. And uh, um, it's going to come to me in a second here. I'm, I'm blanking on the word here. It's chestnut cask and acacia. Thank you. Acacia well, and, and, and chestnut cask. That. And so, but they're different shades. And so to look at them inside mm-hmm. the aging it warehouse, looks like a zebra. Like a zebra yeah, sure, right? sure. Yeah. Is this a cask that is new built purpose for that? Or is this something that's deconstructed and constructed from other casks? Yes and no. Uh, the answer to both of your questions is yes. We we and uh, this is like the, one of those French words that I my I just trip all over myself trying to say it, and uh, the the process it's called redouage, um, and and when we are aging cognac, and again like I said a hundred times, just everything we do is going to be an influence of cognac there, and when we're aging cognac, um, you know our cellar masters. Um, are going to uh, um, our cellar master and our our our, our cellar uh, managers. They're going to try these various barrels, and they can tell if there's something that needs to be adjusted. And they'll take the cognac out of that barrel, strip it down, maybe change out two or three staves, and then build it back together, put the cognac back in. Wow. It get, it, it gets madness. That, it, it, that it, is it, madness. It's that meticulous. And, and, and another thing is that it's just a very similar thing here. We're taking some of those uh, 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 cognac casts that now look like zebras, and there you go. Wow. 
That's uh, pretty crazy. I mean, the the attention to detail is like pretty stunning, you know. Well, listen, yeah. th- th- those are the things we're doing here. It's just them sitting back there going, "Hey, you know, it'd be crazy. You know what we could try? You know, what yeah. we could do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I can't tell you. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let the the cat out of the bag, so to speak. Um, uh, but the next renegade barrel, I know what it's going to be, alert. and it, it, it's going to be uh, uh, it's going to be cognac, our cognac, of course, that's been uh, aged in the barrels of some of our most popular other products. Mm. That sounds kind of fun. Not yes, it does. So I have a question: What's yes. your favorite out of our rums today? I think the second of these four. There was the uh, Guatemala. No, it was before the Guatemala. It was the we went Jamaican. Uh, mm-hmm. Which what, was the Tukai, yes. Tukai finish, Guatemala, the Guatemala, yes. uh, and then after that was the Peru, and then we didn't do it. Uh, then it was the Guatemala. Guatemala is my favorite. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I like them all, by the way, for very different reasons. Yeah. Uh, but the Guatemala, uh, the Peru. I think the Guyana is my favorite. It's just it's it's um, it's the most different. I think. Uh, I see. Not to me, the Guatemala is the most different, but that's all because the Ambarana cast. Ambarana is just—it's—it's—it's such—I want to say spicy wood. It's just got mm. so much going on that it really does the most. It um, uh, does the most to it, you know. Well, I think and then, the, by the way, the first one was the Jamaica 2009. That was amazing too. Like, it—it it really is. It's like you know, choosing a favorite grandchild. Uh, I say it's uh, like choosing a favorite finger. <laughs> I love them all, and I use them all. You, know? <laughs> right. you, um, you certainly don't want to lose one. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, so this is see, this is one of those things that that um, I wish that I could steer people to exactly where to go to get these, but okay. because we have listeners We're all just, over, you know, they, we may not have. Um, so as of right now, yeah. The Guyana 2008, which was my favorite. You can that get was that, the one we you, just you tasted. You get that right. one at Specs on Smith Street. Uh, okay. uh, I saw there was at least one bottle there. It was like uh, earlier this week, but uh, mm-hmm. again, they'll 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 reload. Uh, you can get the Peru 2010. You can get the you can get the Guatemala XO at NASA Liquor for sure. I think you can also get it at uh, Flax. In, uh, uh, all three of these. You can get it at Ryan's on the north side, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Cypress Wood. Uh, um, Ryan's liquor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a uh, rice uh, liquor in Bel Air. I believe they brought them in also. And we're just getting started, man. Uh, you'll start. So seeing them pop we'll up see them other places as yeah. well, right? And we have two more that I didn't even bring with me today because I don't have a bottle yet. We have a Barbados that's also finished in Ambarana cask. Um, that's just that that that, that. Ambarana cask. I, I, you know, when, when we walk into the aging warehouses in France, that's the first thing I can smell is the wall where all the Ambarana cask is it's just still the wood is so pungent and, and this the Barbados rum really really takes on more of that pungency of, of, of the Ambarana yeah, cask wood, yeah. but that's going to be exclusive at Bad News Bar Justin Burroughs place downtown you okay. only find that one there on premise um, and, yeah. and we have another one that's sold exclusively at um, uh, um, the Austin Shaker in Austin it's a 1996 Trinidad that's been uh, the triple finish is uh, I'm going to destroy this Kilcoman Scotch Kilcoman 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 yeah Kilcoman Irish Scotch whiskey barrels nice no, it, that's a very similar. peaty Scotch and, and it's it, it, the, Sanag 
that yeah. I had a bottle of was so good. But it's very, it's everything they have is very peaty, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. But you get just that subtle hint of that peatiness inside the rum itself. It really complements the, the Trinidad rum. It's, it's really tasty nice. stuff. That one's going to be exclusive at the Austin Shaker in Austin. We well, have two locations. I just love how much different stuff you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. You're not just coming out with the core line and going, okay, here's this year age, here's this year age, here's this year age. You're going, let's mess this thing up. Let's try some things that nobody's tried before. And I think you've produced, well, just in the four that we've had here, I think you've produced some amazingly uh, interesting and delicious uh, rums. It's, it's, I, I love what you guys are doing. Is this the last segment? It is. Can we have one more surprise thing to taste? Sure. All right. Can- okay. <laughs> While he's getting that ready. No, I got it right here. Happy birthday oh. to you. Happy birthday to you. We said we'd wait till late in the show. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, dear dog Or docs, or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Ian, I'm afraid now we may not get this final taste that he was. That was uh, that was sweet and also awkward. Thank you, John. Yes, well, I go for awkward. He goes for sweet. Uh, yeah, it's a good. It's a it's a good mix. It, it really works. You know. Speaking yeah. of sweet, every year I make homemade baklava, and that's going to oh, be the last thing we you taste are today. The man, awesome. look at you! Yeah. So I come from a Texas Greek family, and my mother, uh, she learned from Mayaya how to make oh, uh, that uh, is uh, awesome. baklava. Now the Texas Greeks, they always use just pecans, but I'm an, I'm an old world guy. I mean, You're an old I've, been, school guy, yeah. I've, I've been hanging out with Alexander Gabriel too long, so I don't use just pecans. I use walnuts, pistachios, and to challenge the bar- to, to challenge the boundaries of baklava, I add uh, dried cranberry in there as well. Yeah. Uh, so this is the man who uh, just returned. What, what, what is your phrase? Just just came back again from France. What, what, just, just, every just, time he comes. The back last time I was in France. Every time I came back. Every time. The same guy that uh, that that said that is is challenging the what a baklava. The boundaries. Chal- challenging the boundaries. The of norms. This is the outstanding. We don't we don't get that with every guest on the show. I'll just Absolutely point that out. outstanding. It's so yeah. good. Mm. Yeah, and mm. I think you mm. are now officially the first person to ever bring us baklava. Mm. On the show. No question. <laughs> we started a new tradition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is absolutely delicious. Here's what I want you to do. For the next guest, ask them where the baklava is. And mm-hmm. when they say, I don't know what you're talking about, show them the door. Mm-hmm. Tell them, get out of here. Go, go, to whis- go, to, go to Whiskey Neat, you hack. <laughs> are, you, are, you listening? are you listening, Chris Hart? You better bring the baklava. Chris is on the show in two weeks. Is he? You better bring the baklava or, you, you know, you, it's going to be a very, a very short show for you, my friend. That is so good. Mm, it's delicious. I'm going to have to mm. tell my wife how good it was. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was like, it was like an... <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a bunch of them I just here. caught that. I, is there everybody, the first thing goes, I can't wait to share with my wife. He's like, oh, I ain't getting none of this. <laughs> well, what, what an amazing... I, I've had such a wonderful time. I'm, I'm a big fan of rum to begin with. And you guys, just the way that you craft these expressions, I think is so, is so interesting and so creative. And I just... Uh, my hat is off to your... Um, to your distillers and your blenders. Thanks, sir. They do they do a fantastic job, and uh, uh, I want to thank you for allowing us to sample all this stuff. This is fantastic. Well, I want to thank you guys both for having me on. Thank uh, you so this, much. This, you guys, it's a fun show. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy running my mouth. We do get I, off topic. I, I, I usually only get a very small audience, so this I'm, I'm just getting to more people quicker. Uh, mm. You're doing the world. Solid. Well, we we feel like you do us a solid by that, that whole bringing such great stuff. Was, was pretty evident the first time he was on the show. 
Yeah. I was on via Skype and we were looking at some weird bug while I was <laughs> the on great oh, that's right. Oh, that's my God. Right. That's I, right. You were in Florida and I, you had and some I, amazing bug on your camera. This thing, I I, I, I almost <laughs> ran out of the room and he was via, <laughs> via computer screen. And he's like, wasn't that something? I'm like, get it off, get it off. <laughs> well, well, the second time when we had you back on, it was like, it was partially because I was like, I did let Ian experience the stuff that that you bring in so it was it was almost like a make good this time it was just because we like you you know and uh, so that's that's a pretty good thing thank you and, so much and that's My our pleasure. that's our final awkward moment for the uh, for the show but uh, but again thank you very much uh plantation rum and tell us again uh the name of the cognac and where people can find it it's uh, the uh, it's a it's a cognac for on uh, uh 10 generations and ten generations. Uh, it, ju- it just landed in texas you'll start to see it at the uh, specs and 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 uh, the bigger chains soon but right now again you can, you can get it at ryan's up on the north side you can get it at nasa liquor on south flax as well uh and uh, i believe also rice rice liquors in bel-air well thank you for uh, letting us sample all of this stuff uh thanks to adam on the wheels of steel we had a uh, another wonderful week uh we are glad to be back from our break we will be back uh, next week as uh rum month continues and then two weeks from today chris hart on the program chris hart people yeah, very excited about uh, about his return to the show. So, uh, so have a uh, wonderful uh, week, everybody. We appreciate your uh, your being here for smoking and toasting. And even though my glass is empty, we'll have to remedy that in a moment. Uh, I will still offer you cheers, cheers, and Chin-chin. cheers. Thanks, Docs. You always have his uh, dump fest. What do they call that when they pour the into the glass? Is that drink called Matt Damon or something? Matt Dillon. Matt, Matt Dillon. Matt Damon. Well, this is